What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 88. 88's uh, correct. Of Beef's Beef. Got my uh, fellow compadre here, BJ Cato, as always. I'd say that's probably my favorite um, intro, compadre. So if we could just continue using that for me, I'd be okay with that. I like all right. If you're digging it, I'll keep it up. Yeah, Capodge is pretty cool. I feel like it's got a good vibe to it. And what else is pretty cool is the numbers game, my friend. God bless. I'd say this is probably your favorite part of the podcast, as well as America's favorite part of the podcast. And what I want to say to you tonight is because you love mathematical equations and all my silly numbers so much. Well, I'm gonna go and I'm not gonna yeah. give you mine yet, okay. but I'm gonna go ahead and tell you whatever you say, the one that I have is gonna be better. I'm praying that I have what you're gonna say just to ruin your parade because well, I, I would be willing to bet almost anything you don't. I love raining on your parade, not ruin it, but raining on your parade. It seems like I'm the one that always does it to you, though. Like every yeah, time. it does. That's why I want a little bit of payback, bro. Yeah. So, so you, you say you love doing it, but you've never done it. No. So I feel like it's got to be an exhilarating feeling, and I'm really looking forward to it because I've got a feeling it's going to be, just so all our listeners know, it's going to be my second to last intro. But anyways, back to what I've got listed for you. So first of all, keeping it simple, right? It's the number of keys on a piano, 88. That's actually one I did not know. And see, that's a good one. In my, in my opinion, that's a nice, easy one. That's a good one for all you piano players. Also, my second one, approximately the number of days it takes for Mercury to complete its orbit. You're a big Mercury fan, so therefore, I thought you might want to know that stat. Um, third one. I'm more of a Pluto guy, for being honest. Yeah. That's that's my favorite planet. I still Pluto actually it, isn't a planet. I, I still consider it's it controversial. A planet. Still planet in my book. Conspiracy theory. You're bringing it back. I'm, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's a fact. Well, that, I'm just saying that it's still a planet in my book. I think you know you're notorious for conspiracy theories, as our listeners have learned from our, the polls. This and is, so this is just another check in the book. This is such a joke. Dude. I'm just saying, bro. I can't like. We'll talk about that later, but yeah. that's such a that's. We can talk about it's it. It's bogus. No, it's. I mean, it's got a little bit of legitimacy to it. But with that being said, it's also your favorite state, the number of counties in Ohio, 88 counties in Ohio. So that's a very important one for our uh, close neighbor. And then um, in Chinese culture, 88 is a number of fortune and good luck. How many of these facts do you have, 88? 12. Are you kidding me? No, it's not 12, but it's close to 12. Jeez. It's 8 because of 88. Just just listen. Have I said a bad one yet? Okay, yeah, but... like no one cares about Chinese culture. What? So I'm sorry to all of our Asian listeners out there. That was very <laughs> Well, I'm sorry even more now because BJ thinks that every Asian person is Chinese. No, I'm just – I did not say that. I was just apologizing to our Asian listeners in you general. You should say apologize to our Chinese listeners. Listen, because Jeremy Lin would be extremely offended. He's from America. I'm just saying. He Jeremy. went to Harvard. Jeremy Lin would be disappointed this with you right a, now. Keep it going with okay. with, with, with these uh, facts. Well, only if you want me to. But what the other ones I've got are it's the number of constellations as defined by the International Astronom Astronomical Union. I almost mispronounced that word. So, number of constellations. You're a big fan of looking at the stars. You like that. 
All right, next one. Space mission. Uh, you're dumbfounded over there. So wh- which one is supposed to be the one that's going to... Just wait. Just calm down. All right. Let me drop this one because this one you're not going to care for either, so we'll get this one out of the way, right? <laughs> at, Spa- least at least you're learning. <laughs> yeah. At least you're learning. I know which ones you're going to like, and I try to save them for the end, so it's kind of like a build-up, and then blah, blah, drop it on you. Um, anyway, Space Mission 88 launched and completed in December 1988. But speaking about our conspiracy theories earlier, this began the construction of the International Space Station, a.k.a. Alien City. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. You're losing, you're losing me. So actually, I changed it. I'm going to do yours last, so that way I ruin it on the last one. But this one is actually a very important one. This is a sports podcast, and this is a fact that you would not know, and so therefore I'm trumping you on the intro. Pro golfer Kathy Whitworth. Oh, who is that? You don't know? Won 88 LPGA Tour tournaments. That's more than anyone else has ever won in the LPGA or PGA. Now, granted, I know what you're going to say. Oh, that's because guys don't play in the LPGA. No, it's talking about PGA events as well, too. No, I mean, I'm not taking anything. I'm just saying that's that's fine. 88. That's Congratulations. And she probably wasn't making that much money, but if she were playing today, she'd probably make a quiche load. Congratulations. I, st- I, st- I have two of them, and I, you haven't named either one of them so okay. far. So well, guess what? Here, so you got yeah. a 50% chance of naming it right here. Okay, well, here's the best one that I have. Let's also hear. the one that's going to take out of yours. If you remember correctly, from the famous movie, oh, did I get it? Back to the Future. That was the second one that I added in my mind, but you still haven't taken my most important no, one. No, no, this is the most important one. Don't try to trump me on my intro, bro. This is the most important part of the show, my favorite part of the show, and you have to go 88 miles per hour to attain time travel what? in the DeLorean. I almost did it to you again. What? You were going to steal that one? I, no, here's, I almost said episode 88, and I almost said Great Scott. Oh. So I almost did it, <laughs> but I didn't do it. So you still didn't name mine. Even if you said Great Scott, I was still dropping it. Well, if I had said Great Scott, I'd have gone into more detail, which would have taken it away from it. I'd have just cut in really quick. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have turned your so mic you off still, on so that. I don't know which one of these buttons I turned though, off. You still didn't name mine. Well, you already specified that. Yeah, but you didn't, you didn't. No, here it is. You ready? I'm ready. Drum roll, please. 88. 88. Is the year that I was born. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's Beast, a boring one. Beast, yeah. Oh, good one there. <laughs> <laughs> With, so without 1988, we would not have the Beast Beef podcast. All right, that's fair. That's a good one. I will give you that. So that's and the I one sh- that was on my brain the entire time. I should have yeah. known that one. Yeah, you know, because I'm a mathematician. I, honestly, like I'll, I'll be honest with you, I didn't show it, but yeah. I was a little worried that was the one you were going to say. Yeah, I saw that sweat on your brow there. It's just because I'm fat. That's not. It well, has nothing to do with me being nervous. Dante's Inferno in here, as you said. But actually, it feels pretty good tonight. It's, it's not, not. It's not as bad as as you made it out to be. No, I'm always worried because that one night I didn't think it was that bad. So now the AC must be uh, working extra good this evening. AC Slater, baby. Yeah. All right, so we mentioned to you guys that we have a bet going with the locks of the week. Uh, we said ten. We're gonna we're gonna make it even better. Allegedly. No, we're gonna I'm, we're gonna make it even better. Ten we, was said allegedly. No, ten was definitely well, I, said. I think it was kind ten of, was well, definitely said. Ten was said. Okay. But either way, it doesn't matter because. I'm gonna get the five first anyway. We changed five losses. We changed it to five now, and not only did we do that, we're making we're making it hotter. 
Yeah. And you may say, how can you make this bet even hotter? Well, first of all, for those of you that forgot or didn't listen to the past episode, BJ and I made a bet. Whoever is the first one to five in our lock of the week picks, first of the five wins, the other person has to cut their hair into a European-style haircut, hockey haircut, or, as the layman know it, a mullet. Yeah. Spruced up mullet. Spruced up mullet. So... The other thing that we threw into this that is really, really making this a skins game now is we made it because summertime is really an off time. Unless, see, here's what would be really cool is if we had the Summer Olympics, then we could just bet all the basketball games. That would be awesome. But we don't have that. We don't have that liberty. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> uh, we are going to take off the wall stuff that we don't normally watch, and that's what we're going to do our locks of the weekend. So, not only are we doing that, but week one we're starting off with a bang, and we are going with. I'll get. I'll let BJ say this because this was BJ's idea, and but I'm fully behind it. I don't want to sound like I'm not behind it because I'm totally behind. No, this you one. just said it. I just don't want to take credit for what you for what you did. Well, so, you don't. In this case, you don't need to give me any credit because I was actually looking and trying to figure out. I knew cheating is what he was doing. Well, allegedly stacking the deck. A conspiracy theorist would say that you did some homework as well, too. So, therefore, you know, I'm just saying you knew one of the players on the teams. Anyways, back to where we're going. I was trying to figure out what, what will work and yeah. what is something that we don't watch on a daily basis and what can we even, it's like we said, pick-wise, there's not a lot of options right now. And we both agreed on we wanted off-the-wall stuff because it would make, one, it would make it more fun. And two, it would make it a lot harder for both of us to do. Yeah, well, full disclosure, it's like I said, there really isn't a ton of stuff going on right now. And as far as the playoff games, the spreads on those have been pretty spot on. And, and so, we tend to agree on them. Yeah, almost all of them we've agreed on recently. So we had to think outside the box, and so that's where the idea came from, and it's a great idea, and that's why I think it's going to make it even more fun. But where we're going tonight is there's actually a season starting this Friday. AKA two days. And it's important because we've already seen some of the players drafted, and some of those players are local players as well, too. Yes, sir. So we're going with Friday evening's game, the Indiana Fever versus the New York Liberty, which I know a couple of people are asking, hey, what is that? Well, it's the WNBA, folks. Let's do it, baby. Yeah. So unfortunately, you're going to you lose your man first play for? game. Uh, the Atlanta Dream, I believe. All right, cool. Which is why we both picked them to win. No, I picked them to win because Angel McCautry plays for them. I thought that was Joanna, man. No. Oh, my bad. Did well, you see, By the way, did you see the video of Angel McCautry dunking on her mom of course on Mother's not. Day? When would I have seen that? Well, it was on social media. Yeah, I, Angel McCautry is not the first thing that pops up on my social media. I've seen some of the stuff you share. Yeah. It should be. Well, okay, that's that's oh, a fair assessment. By the way, yeah. Before we go into this part, I have, I have something that I have to toot my own horn about because oh. I was actually right in a debate with uh, with you about shoes. Rudy, toot, toot, toot. I have to, I have to toot it because we were talking about with Zion Williamson signing the shoe deal. I mentioned that LeBron signed a ninety million dollars shoe deal, and you said that I was wrong. What? 
I promise you, you said that I was wrong. I'm just saying we've had a couple conversations tonight that we're both recalling differently. So I think I'm worried about you. If I'm anybody not. is a doctor, would you you're please the only check one that's out? mentioned that they were tired today. Yeah, I am tired today, but yeah. I'm still. So I could see how this one would slip your mind. No, mentally, I'm, I'm because on. I would. I was like. BJ knows a lot about shoes. I know he, and he's a Cleveland fan. It was on the Sonny Vicario film. We both watched that. I know, and that's why I was so surprised when you disagreed with me saying that LeBron's on a $90 million contract. Well, what's he got right now? He has a lifetime contract. Okay, that was good. I was hoping you were going to miss that. No, he has a lifetime contract. And, I, yeah. and to be fair, I knew that before the thing that I shared today. Or well, I think I we, I think we both shared. Share. It was it was a Bleacher Report thing. It talked about it was LeBron signing a ninety million dollar contract coming out of high school, and now he signed a, a lifetime. Isn't it like lifetime, like close to a billion dollars or something? Something they don't have a set number, but it's like close to a billion dollars. What it ended up adding up to be? Yeah, the details haven't been released, and then also too, I think based on total sales and then what they do retro wise, and that'll that'll change that number. But. Billions he, a lot of money. He did sign a $90 million contract coming out of high school. Yeah. Because, yes, I remember what brought it up was there were people saying that Zion would sign like a $120 or $130 million contract coming out of high school for his shoe. Okay. And I said there's no way that he's going to sign a bigger contract than LeBron coming out of high school. Well, that was my question. Did I say lower or higher, allegedly? did You said that he signed a lower contract. I'm just saying. I, I'm not. I'm just. Know. I'm telling you. Cause I had. I can tell you what his first shoes were: Nike Air Zoom Generate. And that all would take your. That I would take your opinion or your your word on that because I have no idea. Ask what Ray his Robbins. Shoe. I still have the white and maroon colorway. I still have the white and black and red colorway. The only colorway that I don't is have. Is that the ones that look like big boxes? Kind of. They yeah. look. They have a similar Tim's look to they them. Look, they look like they would be really heavy. And they're actually somewhat heavy. All LeBrons hey, are. Yeah, all LeBrons are. All LeBrons are heavy. I don't know yeah. why I'm saying that because I, I was wearing those trainer shoes that yeah. I have, and then I put these back on. I was like, Jesus, it's yeah. like wearing like it's like I'm about to go scuba diving or something. They, I, I think LeBron has always been like the typical heavy shoe guy with a yeah. lot of cushioning and support, and uh, for his body type like i think that's the stuff that zion should be wearing yeah. when, when zion was wearing the pgs and the Kyrie's, i think those you know they spruced up the Kyrie's for him made them a little thicker material but actually i'll show you after we're done with this i have a pair of nike air zoom generations here i've got the lows and the white I think, and silver i think you wore a pair of those didn't you i've definitely worn them multiple times yeah yeah i think i'm saying i think you wore them with me to a game probably yeah because yeah, i remember that's, having... that's a hard flex right there oh yeah weird flex but no, I wouldn't say weird. It's weird, weird flex, but I get it. Well, the weird flex is I, I thought about this the other day, dude. You know what my problem with shoes are? You don't flex them enough? No, because it's tough for me to really flex them. Because you've showed me some stuff that you have, and I'm like, bro, you need like, yeah, when you to need them. to wear those out. Not not wear them out as in like run right. them into the ground, but like wear them in public. And I always do wear them because if you don't wear them, they end up you know crumbling basically. But but the thing, so this is deep. The thing I was thinking about the other day is typically you're wearing shoes, and if you're wearing something, it's all about what you like for me, right? Absolutely. But where does the like come from? At some point, it's the rarity, it's the exclusiveness, it's whatever it may be. So essentially down at the core, and this is probably overthinking it as always like I do, <laughs> essentially down at the core, you're trying to impress people who are in the know, and I kind of don't care to impress those people anymore. That's not like a culture that I associate with. Yeah. So it's, yeah, needless to say, I don't really care what they think about it but 
I've got some pretty cool yeah. stuff. Did you guys hear that, whoever they are? Right. Eat that. Shots fired. But back to our locks of the week. Do you want to say yours since you came up with uh, what who or what thing we would use first for our you, you can say who you're going to take in the game. Well, we gave the background. We also looked at the Atlanta game, and uh, both of us wanted Atlanta, and so we went yeah. with this one. And initially, I had already made my picks, and uh, I knew who I wanted. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to take the Indiana Fever. They drafted a North Carolina player out of college this year, Paris Kia. And on paper, even though I know nothing about a lot of these ladies, I know the biggest name on a roster is on your team. And that's Tina Charles. And so it's going to be a good game. Cheryl Swoops? She's no longer playing. She played for the Liberty, though. I think she did. Yeah. And no, she played for the Comets. You're right. It was uh, Rebecca Lobo. Rebecca Lobo played for the Liberty. She did. That's who it was. She's an announcer and stuff now. That's how knowledgeable I am. It seemed like, um, or was it Teresa, Teresa Witherspoon? Cynthia Cooper. Oh man, yeah. There's some some ballers, dude. Yeah. There's some ballers. I know my NBA, bro. I'm just saying WNBA. Yeah, all the way. I'm taking the Liberty because there's a local some local flavor there. Yeah, but I'm taking the Liberty anyway because it's Liberty, bro. Yeah, but Tina Charles and Asia Durr. Asia Durr, baby. She's about to drop fifty on y'all. Yeah, and I told you if she does drop fifty, as long as you all don't win, I don't care how many points she has. And I'll still be happy. And whenever you're rocking that mullet, I'll be saying, "Dude, Thank I can't, you, Asia I Durr. can't wait until I win this." Oh, it's and then be. you rock that mullet, and I'm gonna buy you an Asia Dur jersey to go oh. to go with the mullet. You got if you're going with the mullet, you got to go full fledged questionable you, life choices. Yes. An Asia Dur jersey for me would be. And, you know, you sent me a link for some Sperry's the other day on a discounted price. I feel like the Sperry shoes with the Asia. Oh, dirt. don't be hating on Sperry's now. No, I already told you. I, I asked you. I asked you because yeah. I knew you were a shoe guy. And I loved it because it was a great. It was like 17 bucks. Did you see that? Oh, I got two pair of shoes for $50. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like that's. But this is what really I'm saying. Cheap. You and I both know there were some Sperry's on there, like mainly the ones in the picture initially that were just like, "Whoa, what are those?" Type yes. of deal. Yeah. So I did what see I'm those. saying is, you wear those. You got the mullet up top. Probably, I say, probably headband. You probably need like the old. School. You can't see it. You can't really wear a headband in public, though. Yeah, this is what you're doing. You're not. I mean, this is trend setting. I, I already got. I already got what you're wearing down low. No, I already got it. No, I'm not talking about the shoes. I'm talking about shorts. Let's you're on, not, on three. Going, on three. No, Let's say the same time. You're going shorts. Yes, I, you got to wear no, shorts with no, a mullet, one bro. Up, one up. You gotta go snakeskin black shorts. Snake. I've never seen that in my life. Well, obviously, you've never seen my. Closet, you gotta then. wear cut off shorts. Jorts are pretty. Cut off I knew that's where you're like, going. Yeah, that's, I mean that's, that's not a bad that's choice. Mullet, bro. Yeah, but jorts are actually coming back in, like the rock or rock and republic. So are mullets. Republic. The only two people that I know. Three. Who's the third? Billy Ray Cyrus. He's got a mullet. He's always had a mullet. I think the dude came out of the it's womb with a mullet. It's. I mean, it's. it's well, so now. is Theo Vaughn or Riff Raffs. No, Riff Raffs is way longer. <laughs> and Riff Raffs kind of fallen off. I don't know what he's doing these days, but somehow he's still got money. Oh, that dude's I don't know where he's got money coming from either because his yeah. music was all terrible. But he always cracked me up. Well, and he was on, you know, a couple of different Charm shows. School and Yeah. Oh, I didn't I didn't see I didn't even remember him being on those shows and I didn't realize that that was how he got famous. Yeah, that's where he originated. He's got an M T V tattoo, which is pretty comical to me. Yeah. Did you by the way, did you listen to uh 
this past weekend with him. I listened to some of it. It's yeah. so, dude, it's so out there, man. Yeah. <laughs> they go back and forth. See, that's the thing. I thought they would play off each other a little bit better. And Theo Vaughn, I feel like, is trying to play too much too riffraff style in it. And he's, you know, I don't know. It was it was I, good. It wasn't my favorite. I definitely like the Nick Swartzen one better. Yeah. The Nick Swartzen one was, I don't know if you got to check that one out. The Nick Swartzen one was great. I don't opinion. recall it off the top of my head, it but I've the, seen Swartzen on a couple of other ones. He's pretty, I think he was on the Fighter and the Kid one I watched. He was on the Fighter and the Kid right before he went to do the. Okay, then maybe I did. That was a while ago, right? I'm sorry, Theo and Nick were on there at the same time, and then they got up and walked in the other room and did Theo's podcast. But was it a while ago, or was this a recent? Uh, it was like maybe a month ago. Okay, I don't think I've seen the recent one. Because most of the time what they do, like you sent me the Brendan Schaub one with uh, Breakfast Club, and yeah. um, I told you he was on Tiger Belly too. Normally they're doing these video media tours for promo for something. Yeah. So Brendan Schaub's uh, stand-up came out just did you, recently. Did you watch it, by the way? No, I don't have access I, to it. I checked it out. It was uh, not to interrupt you, but it started out, you could definitely tell he was nervous. Okay. And it got into it, and he he definitely has a stick with him talking about his fighting days. Right. He does a really good job of telling his stories on it. Okay. And I liked how in that Breakfast Club interview, he explained how he got into it. Okay. Which I don't know if you listened to the whole Breakfast Club interview. I haven't it, had a chance to. He tell he told how he got into because he I mean he he tells in the stand up well, he, he always tried wanted to, to go do NFL it. is what he tried to do. He didn't he never wanted to do anything but comedy. Yeah. Yeah, but he his, always said Saturday Night Live was his favorite show, and then he always no. said uh, who... Um, Sandler and Carrie. Carrie, that's what I was going to say. Sandler and Carrie were his two favorite people in the world. Right. And uh, his dad was like, you're the biggest seven-year-old we've ever seen. You're going to play football. Right. And, well, he played basketball, too. He played a bunch of different sports, yeah. but he was just... He, he played Colorado. He know. actually went Juco first, and then went to Colorado, yep. and then... Uh, Cup of tea in the NFL. Yeah, Giants, I right? love how he said uh, Bills. Bills. He said that... Yeah, Matt Mitrion, the other fighter, was Giants. I loved how he said, uh, yeah, I was in the NFL so like such a short amount of time, he didn't even give me a helmet. <laughs> he, was like, <laughs> he was just like, nah, bro, you won't even need that. Yeah. But he, talk, he did a really good job of uh, explaining everything on how he got where he was and, like, um, he went on the Breakfast Club, and you know his he kind of kind of coincided with some of the stuff he was saying from his stand up because he w- definitely did not pull any punches when he pretty much blamed his dad for him going into fighting and football. Yeah, his dream was always to go into comedy, and his dad never wanted him to do it. And then when he did both of those things, and he wanted to get out of UFC, like the story of him fighting in the UFC. And you probably he lost to uh, Ronda Rousey's husband. Yeah, Brown, Brown, Travis Brown. And he just talked about that. It was actually like that was his big chance too. Like that was kind of sad, man. When he, he was won telling that the story fight, about that, he was in line for a championship contention. And he just got pummeled, is what yeah. the way he was talking. Yeah, Travis Brown put a beating on him, and there was some bad blood in there because I don't know if you knew this, but he dated Ronda Rousey he at said, one point. He says time. that on there. I yeah. didn't know that before then. But, yeah, he says that on the stand-up. He's like, yeah, he's dating my ex-girlfriend. Now they're married, right? Yeah. I think and, they're uh, trying to have a kid is what I heard. And um, he's just like, I'm sitting there, and all I can pay attention to is Leonardo DiCaprio on the crowd. Oh, man. Yeah, so, like, 
he just, I didn't hear that. That's well, that was that was in the stand up, like right. he's talking about that stuff. But uh, he said that when he was fighting, uh, he did the fighter in the kid. He says he's been doing fighter in the kid for about six years with yeah. uh, Brian Callen. Yep. And he said how he got into doing comedy is when they would go on the road and do their podcast. Brian yeah. Callen would say, "Hey, just tell one of your stories." No, he forced him the first time. He said, "You're going to right before they started." He said, "There's a segment built in. You're going to just tell one of your stories, make it a funny one," because Callen knew. He, that he had the potential to be great. Yeah. And Callan also knew his work ethic. That's the thing that doesn't really show with Shaw, but he's got his hand in everything. He's got coffee. He's got clothing. He's got three podcasts. Yeah. He said that it started with Callan just saying, hey, just tell one of your stories. And he said it just kept building up to that. Yeah. And he said they got to one place, and he was like, all right, bro, uh, you ready to do your set? He was like, do your set? He goes, it's just a story. Yeah. It's just a story. That's why I told He said, I just put that story stick on it so that you would think, Oh, it's just a story," he said. "That's all you've been doing the whole time. It's been doing a stand-up bit. Yeah. Now let's hear. Now let's hear a ten, a ten-minute uh, bit." And he said, "I did it, and then I started just getting into it more." Yeah. Well, he's got a great group of mentors. Think about Cal has been doing it forever. He's close friends with Rogan. Now he's become even closer friends with Dio Vaughn. Yeah. I mean, he knows Bobby Lee. That's the other podcast, Tiger Belly, that I told you is on. And then they've got people on there all the time. Delia, yeah, Will Delia. Sasso. Um, I mean, you already said Swartzen. They've got a bunch of people who they've had on there. Yeah, he's he's got a lot of good people around him. And I, I look forward to seeing more stuff. It wasn't the best stand-up I've ever seen, no. But it was still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's because I'm a little biased because I'm starting to like, really like Brennan Schaub. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I'll, think that's where I'm at. That's yeah. why I would say if somebody were probably critiquing it from an actual stand-up comedian, they'd probably be like, what is this? But for me, I like MMA, so some of those stories resonate a little bit more. Yeah. And then obviously, like I said, I watch all three of Brendan Schaub's or listen to his podcast. And so... He definitely started out, and you could. It felt forced. Yeah, it definitely felt forced. And I was like, at first, I was like, I got real. I got pretty close to turning it off. Yeah. And he said something that brought me back in. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like, okay, this isn't all right. That's pretty funny. And he just kept building off that, and like, you could see him gaining confidence as it went forward. Yeah. Because he stopped. Like it felt like in some parts he was like really like acting it out instead of just like saying it and like saying like yeah this is what happened right he was like acting and it was kidding i think that's some of his influence though because if you've ever watched callan callan is a very uh physical comedian yeah. and then if you watch rogan he's all about the cadence that he says it yeah. so you've got the cadence side of it and the performing aspect and then the physical aspect so i think he's it's like you said he's trying to find his own niche while niche while taking from the guys who inspired him now yeah. recently did he i wanted to ask you though did does he lead off talking about his clothing choices or is that in the middle somewhere or uh what? he starts it's it's yeah he comes out and he's like yeah i know i dress like an, an f that's what I'm saying. he his says i was in the him. back he was like my brother told me that i dressed like one he was just like ah, whatever but to me that's a great so that's why i was asking because you said when he was acting nervous and all that stuff to me that's a great lead-in because i don't think he had written that going into it and we've always talked about sometimes the the stuff you write is not your best material so yeah. that came naturally i feel like and you know if you know anything about his brother his brother keeps it pretty real and so yeah. i guarantee he probably did say that to him and said it, hey where'd you get this I'll, outfit i'll tell you this man like the second the last two thirds or 
It's I think you would actually enjoy because he tells some good yeah. story and some funny stories. Yeah. Like the, the he tells the story about I'm, I don't know if you may have seen the clip where he uh, did marijuana for the first time on Joe Rogan's show. Yeah, and he ate a with he Diaz, ate it. Right? It Joey was with Diaz. Joey Diaz yeah. and. Uh, Who's Eddie Eddie Bravo. Eddie Bravo and Joe Rogan? Yeah. And he ate an entire Death Star. Yeah, and he said, <laughs> "Dude, he was killing me, man." Because he said, "When uh, did you see the animated version?" Oh I'm yeah, like, that's okay. where I that, saw it first. That's, that's where I saw I it saw first. So I'd already too. seen the beginning, but they cut a couple parts out that were I think was funnier than that they left in there. Okay, and dude, he, t- he that that whole diatribe right there is like a good fifteen minutes long. Yeah, that whole story is. I was like, wow, I did not realize this story was that long. He tells about like sitting there during the entire show and then leaving and then eating fast food for the first time in 10 years. <laughs> Getting like just from that dude, it is so that part was so funny, man. That yeah. was I was cracking up. Well, when I watched the uh, animated version of it, I really thought that was hilarious because I've watched a lot of Joey Diaz stuff. Yeah. And he's got a podcast, The Church of What's Happening Now. I've seen that. And then I've watched a bunch of Joe Rogan experience. And then Eddie Bravo is a guy who used to be on there ton and then he also still does some of their um uh fight nights i forget what they're called um that's what that was on was when he took that that death star it was on one of those fight night shows and they said diaz is notorious for doing that to people and just saying but supposedly the one i saw he said take like a piece of it or he said take half of it because you'll kill yourself yeah he's like oh my mom didn't raise no quitter and pop the whole thing (laughs) in and joe rogan he said joe rogan looked at him he's like what are you doing yeah and he said rogan's face started melting because he was so upset (laughs) yeah and then eddie bravo was sitting there enjoy the ride bro or whatever i forget what he said but it was yeah like one part i do want to it doesn't really spoil that much but he says he finally is he gets out to his car and he's about to back out and he says he hears a knock on the on the window and he was like what the heck he looks up and it's Eddie Bravo, and he's like, "Hey, bro, I'm about to text you two YouTube videos, each are two and a half hours long. Oh. Watch them both all the way through, and then text me what you think about both of them." What were the videos? Did he didn't. Say he didn't. There? He didn't say. Yeah. Like he just said that. But it was so funny because he said this was. At, I didn't realize this the whole time he's telling the story. This is at like two o'clock in the morning. Okay. So he's like, I'll just be fine. I'll get out there. I'll get on. He says the certain highway in L.A. He says, I'll get on that highway and I'll just drive. I'll drive at my pace and I'll get home. Probably the I-10. I think it was. And he says, I ended up on the 405 driving 15 mile an hour. And people were just like <laughs> flying past me. And I was like, dude, this is like, that was when it started. I think that was what it was. It was that, that story came up and I was like, all right, this is catching me again. Yeah. Well, I think some everybody has different opinions on comedy, but it's like you said, his are a lot of stories that he's been through, and that's yeah. why I've liked a lot of the podcasts. So if he and obviously I've already heard two parts of it, so I'm not surprised that I'd enjoy his podcast or his uh, his stand up. But if he does the stories that are on his podcast and everything, then I I don't think it would have been terrible. Yeah, he, he um he, you could definitely tell he's getting better. Yeah, but, repetitions. But what's funny is we bring up Brendan Schaub. We've had this serial bracket. Yeah. And for those of you that do listen to his and Theo Vaughn's podcast, King of the Sting, they brought up serial debates last week. They did. And it was actually, we had already dropped our bracket, right? Yeah. And then they put it on there, and they talked about some of the matchups that we could have potentially had. Yeah. And it was pretty comical. I texted you right away when I heard it because... 
I hadn't listened to the whole thing, but I got to that point later in the evening. I was like, please tell me you heard that. I was like, oh, I've gotten to the point now to where Thursday drops, bro. I'm listening to it as soon as it comes out on my lunch. Well, and see, that's why I love to us doing on a Wednesday night every week because then all the listeners know whenever it's coming out. So just like you are with a Thursday, I feel like for everybody else, I honestly didn't know what day they dropped them just because I'm, you know, I haven't had a chance to listen to something consistently, but knowing thursday i wouldn't be shocked if i hear the next couple yeah it's i i love that podcast but uh the reason i brought that up we're to our final eight in our serial bracket and uh dun, dun, dun. i'm gonna go ahead and say this uh, all you conspiracy theorists <clears throat> bj uh tony Allegedly. tony uh that think that i rig these brackets allegedly yeah, I let you are alleging that I rig these brackets for my favorite things to win. Allegedly, this should show you because my two favorite cereals just lost in the in their last round. Well, this is my conspiracy theory about your conspiracy theory is that sometimes you gotta do the old bait and switch and take an L so that nobody catches on to what you're Look, really dude, doing. I'm not John Calipari, all right? I'm not hiding something up and, you know, going to the NIT and losing to Robert Morris just so you don't think I cheat, okay? That's not me. All right, Reese's Puffs, the greatest cereal of all time, lost to Captain Crunch. Greatest cereal of it's all time. It's the greatest cereal of all time. Oh, my god. Captain goodness. Crunch is not that good. Remember when we talked about how old some of these cereals are? Reese's cannot be that old. Oh, it's not that old. I feel like I remember when it came out when we were kids. I didn't even know it was that old, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like it was when we were when we were in elementary school and came out. It's probably healthy for you. Oh, it's not. But how many of these are? Probably none. Yeah, there's like I bet your blueberry morning one is like not no no, it's no. still not. really it's not. No, I mean there's no way any. I mean it's got some stuff in there that would not be bad, but it's probably got processed stuff all over it. I mean to keep like the blueberries from rotting and stuff. Well, they're like. Uh, raisins so they're like pruned or whatever what what do you call that dried out dried out yeah, yeah. dehydrated dehydrated is yeah. correct dehydrated blueberries is what it is yeah but i'm sure there's you know think about it for them to have shelf life that's what everything is nowadays yeah. so yeah so we're in our uh, final eight we have our first matchup um you what do you want you want to pick who we think is going to win for these well, are they online? I need. To I, see I wrote the them. I wrote them down here, so I'll, I'll read them for us. But we didn't put the updated bracket on, did we? I we haven't just, put the updated bracket up there yet. No, I'll put that up. Uh, we just have the four matchups that are going right now, right? Yeah, we have uh, Captain Crunch against Lucky Charms. Yeah. Which, by the way, while you're listing these, I told you before the podcast started, three out of four of these were at fifty-one percent to forty-nine percent. So if anybody hasn't voted and you have a favorite. You better make sure you're voting because yeah. it's a tight race. The only one that wasn't tight, which let me let me guess because you didn't tell me which ones were tight. Nope, I didn't. But the one I think I'm you ge- could get it. The one I'm guessing that isn't tight, yeah, is Fruity Pebbles and Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's act. Why would you say that? Am I wrong? No. Yeah, you're wrong because you wanted Fruity Pebbles and America has spoken Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Has is, it overtaken Fruity Pebbles? Now? I don't know, but it was fifty one forty nine whenever I looked. Well, here here's the thing with that one. Like that one, wait. I think Fruity Pebbles is better, but like I'm not going to be that upset. Like if Cinnamon Toast Crunch had beaten Reese's Puffs, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't have made the 
this, what I did today. Because Cap Crunch is not better than Reese's. I'm it's about to blow not. your mind, though. I actually, I think I actually know what it was, and it was the first one that I thought. Well, let me tell you something really quick before you guess, so don't lose that guess. But right now, up-to-date standings, Fruity Pebbles, 50.5%. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, 49.5%. No way. 101 votes. I've never seen a half on there before. So you're talking about one <laughs> vote right now is deciding the Man, difference. Man, as Diddy yeah. would say, vote or die. And this is what I'd say. You know, I'd like to thank Greg Belden, Zach Coleman, Daniel Grimes, and Adrian Harper for voting Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And I'd like to tell Brandon Leffler, DJ Gatewood, Rick Cato, and Matthew Brody Leffler to kick rocks. So you're telling your dad to kick rocks. Well, he was just the top name that popped off. You're telling so now your, I feel kind of bad I hope about you, that. I hope you heard that down there, that well, he's telling you to kick rocks. You know, knowing how my father is, and he's pretty good at everything he does, so he's probably decent at kicking rocks in this case. And he's probably also good at voting, which is why he voted for the Superior Serial. No. But the one that I His honestly— His voting degree is questionable, I'd Honestly, say. the one that I thought from the very beginning, and I switched it at the last second, was Applejack's. Well, yes, and the other one in that is Fruit Loops, and this is what I want to say as a whole to the beef beef listeners: Are we really going to stand here and vote for a cereal that is named Fruit Loops but is spelled F R O O T? Oh, I voted Applejacks. Good man, then. I voted Applejacks, yeah. but I like Fruit Loops. No, no, no. But this is the thing: I can't go past this. You can't spell the name that way. And become a victor in our bracket. I'll tell you this. This was the one that I thought about the most in this round. I did not. It was Apple Jacks for me. And I don't dislike Fruit Loops. Yeah. But I do like Apple Jacks. And this one is actually, I think, like you said, I think this one is probably one that a lot of people are thinking about. Because if you look, we already said 101 votes on the Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Fruity Pebbles. And there's only 73 votes on this one. Yeah. So either A. By the way, thank you guys for voting this. I, I, oh, yeah. I felt like this one was going to be popular, but I didn't realize it was going to be this popular. Yep. And this isn't even, this is only Facebook votes. Yeah. That's not Instagram because you people don't matter to me. You know, all Instagram <laughs> lives don't matter. But I'm just saying. Jeez. Yeah. This is the Facebook Jeez. voting. So that 50.5% is probably Cinnamon Toast, Toast Crunch is actually winning. So, uh, here's the thing. I told you, I don't mind Cinnamon, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I think Fruity Pebbles is the superior cereal of the two. Allegedly. I, I do. I mean, I, I think it is. I'm trying to see how many times I can say allegedly in this podcast tonight. I'm allegedly, like it's going to be a lot. 32. Talking about cereals, that have, Fruity Pebbles has been around since the Stone Age. That's obvious because it has, uh, because it has Fred Flintstone on the cover. Yeah. So, how are you going to give the win the Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Well, that's not only my grading scale. You know, we we had a conversation earlier where we talked about grading scales, and you know that I was trying to use that as leverage in one case, and against this case, it probably hurts me. But I don't know when Cinnamon Toast Crunch came out. All I know is I think Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles and all of the Pebbles above are highly overrated. Now, my oh, yeah, yeah, my oh, beef, my beef with Cocoa is I'm not a chocolate guy, so that's a fair well, assessment. I, well, that on my that part. one's fine. Like I'm not that big on Cocoa Pebbles anyway. What is the quickest cereal in the world to get mushy and nasty and just not be enjoyable? Fruity Pebbles, bro. Boom. No, because it's still good even when it's soggy. Are you the world's fastest eater? No, I'm actually probably one of the slowest eaters you know. Yeah, <laughs> you, I'm pretty you've, slow. You've eaten with me. See, that's why I like eating with you because we both eat really slow. Yeah. Because we end up talking in the middle of it and we stop. 
Like yeah. when we when we went to that John Morant game, me me you Ryan Matt and John were eating. Yeah, and like me and you had like a piece done. They were done with like half their pizza. <laughs> and of course, I had ordered a large pizza, and so eventually I was like, no, I just got to take a uh, box because yeah. <laughs> we'll be here for hours at yeah. this point. And that was also an All Star weekend, and we were watching some of that. Yeah. And it was just a lot of good conversation. Oh, hanging out so with a lot of I cool didn't mention I didn't finish all of the uh, matchups. So yeah, Captain Crunch, Captain Crunch, Lucky Charms. Yep. Uh, Cocoa Pebbles, Honey Nut Cheerios. I'm a sucker for Honey Nut Cheerios anyway. Like it, really? It, I like Honey Nut Cheerios. Do you put a ton of sugar on them? No, I don't put anything on my Honey Nut Cheerios. Okay, I'm good with that. I also voted Honey Nut Cheerios, but it's like I already said. That's because of my bias with the Cocoa Pebbles. I'm yeah, not I mean, a, and it, that's fine. That's what I did with some of these other ones. Right. And then Fruit Loops Take and Apple Jacks. Two evils. Yeah. Like there was some of the other ones where I literally just voted for the one, and that dude, that was I told you this, dude. When I was making this bracket, yeah. or when I was putting the names in there, when you were setting it up for your teams um, to win, yeah, d- allegedly, dude, yeah, dude, I did not realize how many cereals I love. Yeah, <laughs> like there's it, uh, our our buddy's wife Tabitha. Yep. Did you see what she said? I did. I was actually getting ready to say that yeah, too. I was like. That yeah, you you think that you should have seen me putting all these names in this? I was like, oh man, this sounds good. Yeah, for our listeners, she talked about going out and buying twenty boxes of cereal, and she said obviously you can't eat that many that much cereal, you know. But just because all of them bring back a fond memory about something, yeah. and that's the way I felt when I was like, I here's for those that have wondered, here's how I came up with the bracket. Basically, I Allegedly. asked a lot of people close to me, okay, what's your favorite cereal? I forgot to ask BJ, apparently, because I had no idea what Blueberry Morning was. No, I had told you it was. I told you I didn't feel like it should be on there because I wasn't going to watch my favorite cereal get beaten by Ints, or what is it that you call them? Cabin Crunch. No. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, the opposite of superior. Inferior. Inferior. Thank you. By the way, did you see that Boys the Men video I snuck in that picture last night? That was pretty good. Uh, what? Yeah, last night when I said, when you, for all you people out there that say that I rigged these brackets, uh, this right here should show you that I don't. I didn't see and it. And it was the picture of uh, Captain Crunch beating Reese's Puffs, and it had a link to a video on YouTube. For those of you that didn't see it, go back and click the link. And All right. I think you'll get a good chuckle. I'll have to see it. I was too busy uh, winning championships. <laughs> winning at the championships. Army. Yeah. yeah. So, um,. I don't even remember what I was... Oh, how I came up with the bracket. Yep. So I asked a lot of people around me, okay, hey, what's your favorite cereal? Some people had the same one. Some people didn't. But there was a lot of cereals that either A, okay, yeah, that was already going to be on the list, or B, okay, yeah, I'll add that one. And then after I did that, I went to about three or four top 50 cereal lists. Yep. And just kind of looked at that and kind of went over the consensus of those. And I was like, all right, I have all these already. And then I threw a couple in there that I didn't really like. And then I texted the the list to BJ. And BJ was like, hey, what do you think about substituting these two in there for these two? And I was like, yeah, that, that's fine because I honestly threw those in two last. Yeah. And well, uh, you and I did the same thing because I went to list and looked up stuff. And then I had a couple of people who were telling me already what their favorites were. So we ended up doing the same thing. And it's always good, like I said, to have multiple people give their opinions on it because – we might have a preference, but that might not be the favorite one. I think the list overall was untouchable. I don't think there was any cereal that you could add and no. take off the cereal that we had on there. No, it, one of those ones that, that we said that uh, we voted for because either A, we didn't. Uh, we were talking about the Rice Krispie Treat cereal. 
Because yeah. I because I, I said that if I was rigging this bracket, I would have put Reese's Pups where Honey Nut Cheerios was because it had a cakewalk to the Elite Eight. Right. Which and is crazy because I think that cereal sounds delicious, just nobody knew about I've it. I've never really had it. That's what I'm saying. I've never had it. It sounds delicious. <laughs> but I, 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 I think had of a... Rice Krispies, and I think oh, of yeah. Rice Krispie Treats, and I think of, oh, yeah, in cereal. Well, see, I had a buddy that worked with UPS that... Um, Andrew Taylor, shout out, shout out, Nook. That was that was his name. I won't tell you the rest of his nickname, but that was, he told us the first day at U, that he started UPS that was his nickname was Nook. Yeah, and uh, that's that's what I've called him for forever. That's that's my boy though. Uh, he, well, it's got awkward. Well, no, no, it's uh, <laughs> he he told me about this cereal, and I just slept on it, never got it, and now it's like not sold in this area. But I was like, I yeah. can't have that, and then like. One of the main pillars of the cereal debates back in the day at UPS. I can't not have his favorite cereal in there. Well, what was his favorite cereal? Rice Krispie Treat cereal. Oh, I gotcha. So that's why I threw it in there. But I never had it, so I voted against it. And that was how Honey Nut Cheerios got to Elite Eight. Okay. So get out there, vote. Uh, vote for uh, whatever. Matt Bevin. You... Oh, no. <laughs> No, I mean, I don't live in Kentucky, so I can't vote for or against him. And I keep it 100. I don't even know anything about Matt Bevin or not. I just hear there's a lot of controversy. So when you said vote, that was the first thing that came to my mind. It brought a chuckle to my heart there. Yeah, I mean, heck, we need to start giving out stickers for people that vote for the cereal thing. Maybe it'll get more people to do it. Yeah. I mean, did you even vote if you didn't put the, post it on social media? That's true. Or, or tell people that they were wrong like your two brothers love to do. <laughs> I love that, dude. That, they get so fired up about it. That's the greatest thing. And uh, they're very passionate about their votes. Yes. And I think those two need to campaign to get other people to vote. So that's what I'm requesting. You talking about on here? No, I'm just I'm saying. talking on the cereals? Kind of like I did with my Fruit uh, Loops. You can't vote for Fruit Loops because it's misspelled. I would like to hear some of their arguments against. Kind of like what we'll do later in the show with a slight debate. Well, it's not a debate. I'm absolutely correct. No, you're There's wrong. Some... But I would love to. And that runs deep because I think those two would fight you tooth and nail on some of them. On the cereals? Oh, yeah. Well, if you either agree or disagree, I mean, if you agree, well, obviously see, it's Matt's, not going to be entertaining. Matt, Matt has the palate of an 80-year-old man. <laughs> well, my favorite cereal is Frosted Flakes. Oh, uh, Come man. on, dude. Get out of here. Yeah. Can't You're in a nursing flakes. home, dude. Get well, out of here. Hey, Frosted Flakes are not the worst cereal on the list. Like, Corn Flakes were worse than those, right? Life cereal is terrible. I think I voted. Who did Cheerios. Life? Or no, checks. One of the life or checks. Who did they go up against? Life went up against cornflakes. Okay, yeah. Then I voted for life. Yeah, cornflakes is both of them are trash. Yeah, it's like frosted flakes without the. Frost well, that's flakes. what I'm saying. Like whoever won that matchup between Honey Nut Cheerios right. and Rice Krispie Treats was getting a cakewalk to the Elite Eight, and that's what happened. So next time, if we do it, Blueberry Morning would go in that slot allegedly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But the uh, another one. This is actually a good question. John texted me and Tony today and said, "Hey, if there, what cereal on here do you absolutely refuse to eat? Like, what cereal on the list would you? You just like, no, I'm not eating that. Refuse to eat. I see. I don't think there's any. That, I would probably say the chocolate ones, like Count Chocula, Cocoa Pebbles. I think those would be my least favorite. See, mine's Cheerios. Regular Cheerios are trash. Yeah, but if you put enough sugar Man, on them, that's the thing. I, I don't no, I'm talking anymore. just regular Cheerios. Yeah. Regular Cheerios are literally like you cut up one of these boxes that are in here with us and just throw some milk <laughs> on it. It's so bad. But yet the Honey Nut, and this was my question, and I, I'm not a savant in this topic. 
but Honey Nut Cheerios compared to Cheerios, is there truly a substantial difference? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Because I'm going to keep it 100. When I first saw Honey Nut Cheerios and I saw Cheerios on there, my first thought was, dude, that's the same thing. Because I think I had only ever had – I mean, I'm sure I had real Cheerios. I got I to gotta bring something up here, dude. What? So – that random poll I threw up there has gotten more votes than what any of our cereals I think have gotten now. I, I know it was cl- it was earlier. close. It's up to 111 votes now, and your your side's still winning. But I'm still so. go- I'm still going with flats, bro. Well, well, first of all, you got to explain to listeners we're talking the, about drums or flats on the Facebook poll. If you haven't voted, go ahead and vote. And vote flats. But the analogy that I gave you, and I'm not doing a great job defending this, but I'm just saying when you're talking about eating drums. That's like somebody saying, hey, bro, do you want a six-pack, but you don't have to work for it? And eating flats is like them saying, hey, if you want a six-pack, you actually have to do some exercising and work for it. Because that's what it is, eating flats. You have to actually know the correct strategy, how to eat it. Then you've got to nitpick at all the bone and try to get all of it off there. In the time that you could eat two flats, I could eat five drums. Boom. Not completely clean them off like I do the flats, though. Well, because on the drums up top, there's always that... Um, gristle? No, it's not even gristle. It's the white... Um, like the tendons and stuff? Yeah, or? which don't taste that great. I'm eating that anyway. Well, it's kind of chewy. I don't know if it's tendons. I think it's something different, but calcified something. I don't remember what it's called. But, hey, that's awesome. Up to 111 votes. Keep voting. Yeah, and keep voting for drums. I mean, vote for whatever you want. Or drums. Unless it's drums. Just vote for flats. In this case, drums are better than guitars. Drums are speaking better than of, speaking flats. Of, speaking of drums, yeah. uh, did you watch the Portland and Gold State series? Unfortunately, I did. Yeah. Speaking of drums, yeah, they, they drummed the, the Blazers. And they, <laughs> they might have been a little out of gas. And then, of course, you know, Lillard being not 100% didn't help any. And uh, matchup-wise, they didn't have a great matchup. But you had the Warriors without DeMarcus Cousins. You had the Warriors without Kevin Durant. You had the Warriors without Iguodala for one game. Andre Iguodala, if I'm going first and last name. You had the Warriors without Latrell Sprewell. Or Monte Ellis. Or Tim Hardaway. Or Nick Van Exel. Nick Van Exel played for the Warriors? Yeah. I remember him playing for the Lakers. I don't remember him playing for the Warriors. Check my stats. Oh, he did. Yes, Just the check my stats. early two thousands Warriors with the uh, with the weird looking like superhero dude on the jersey. The jersey that they're actually wearing, they brought back a couple of times the blue and yellow. And uh, we also missed. You also missed a big one though when you said Nick Van Exel, Mitch Richmond, Chris Mullen too, bro. Yeah, Chris Mullen's pretty. Chris decent. Mullen. He had that flat top, bro. Yeah, they had that flood. Like that's but what the, that's what we should really do. Screw a mullet. We should go flat top. Well, you might have to because you flat top mullet. You already shaved. But this is what I'm saying. I would say if if Chris Mullen had a mullet, his career would have been two times better, probably. I, I see that. Yeah, I could see that. It's just facts. I wouldn't say anybody could argue that because sometimes the truth is the truth. And yeah. in this case, if Chris Mullen had a mullet. He could have been the Michael Jordan of our generation. I'm pretty sure he played the same generation yeah, as Michael what, Jordan. That's what I'm saying. You know, but no, no big deal. Yeah, I mean, see, that's where we go in this series because that's pretty much what Portland did. They were just paying attention to other things. It seemed like 
And it, I mean, it wasn't even fun to watch. Like we pretty much called it after game one. We went straight Paul Pierce wise and called and said the series was over after game one. Yeah, which well, I'll be a hundred. I, I tried to watch that game as best as possible, but I was hanging out with everybody, and so I wasn't as in tune with the game as what I usually am. But I would tell you, you could see pretty quickly. I think we're we're making a mistake here. We're saying that Portland lost the series, and we're not giving credit to the Golden State Warriors. Oh, I, I look. I'll go on record because you know how I feel about the Warriors. You love them. Second I, I favorite cannot, team. I cannot stand the behind Warriors. the Cavs. No, they. I hate the Warriors. Who is technically your first favorite team? If Sac- you did Sacramento. Yeah, I forgot about that. I don't know Sacramento why I is my that. favorite team. Um, Sacramento would be my favorite team, but I cheer. But if I'm being 100 percent honest, I cheer for LeBron more than I cheer for a team. Right. I forgot about the Sacramento. I did know that, and I can attest to that being the truth. And then obviously, I know you're a LeBron fan as well, too. So, but um, no, I have to give credit where credit is due. What the Warriors did to this Portland team because Portland looked even with KD, it looked like they were going to give the Warriors a series. I never thought the Warriors wouldn't win. I thought the Warriors would still win and still go on to the finals, and I still think the Warriors are going to win the finals. Yeah. And our predictions, I, that's all of us picked the Warriors to win, I believe, except for maybe one of us. But I think they're, uh, Jer- uh, Jerry Lee might have. I feel like he picked Boston or something. I or was going to say like Celtics. So. Uh, but uh, I thought that Portland would actually give them a series. Everyone stepped up that needed to step up, and they just completely put it on Portland. The second game, they they were they faced a little bit of a deficit, came back, took the they were now eighteen, I think, when we were at Roosters, and they came back and yeah, and then the second and game was seventeen, and so yeah, they they overcame some deficits, but Curry scored the most points in a four game series ever over Shaq, over LeBron. Who was the fourth person on that list? Was it Kobe? Uh, I know Shaq was second. I know LeBron was third. And I want to say Kobe was fourth. I'm not sure. But anyways, sure. he scored the most points in a four-game series, and he went lights out. And I really liked what the Warriors did Excuse me, with doubling. That's going to sound great on the air. Um, <laughs> with doubling Lillard off the bounce. Like, he, they would just run two at him get the ball out of his hands, make Rodney Hood make a play, make Mo Harkless make a play, make Al Farouk Amino make a play. Um, Cantor had a good rebounding first game, and then they ended up going with Zach Collins and Myers Leonard. So I think Portland was searching for answers, and it was kind of one of those things where the Warriors, kind of like you, cheated and had the answers to the test already. Steph, Shaq, LeBron, Kobe, Kareem. Yeah. So I didn't see Kareem on the list before. He was, I mean, he was one point behind Kobe. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. The picture I saw didn't even have Kareem on there, so we need to give him credit. But Kobe, I thought, was the last one. And uh, Shaq is a pretty dominant player. So to dominate a series like what Steph did and um, do it fairly efficiently. Here's here's where I'm going to kind of agree with you, but also kind of turn. I feel like you got to give more credit to Shaq in that. And what? In in him being second most because Curry passed him up by one point, right? And you got to think most of Curry's points are from threes. And Shaq can't shoot. And free Shaq throws. can't shoot free throws. Right. That's where I got to give more credit out of that whole list to the two big men. Well, I'm not great, and uh, I'm not. I know. I'm not. Which. I'm not saying you were, but I'm saying out of those, out of those, I, again, it's impressive that Curry did that anyway. I'll right. give credit where it's due. I got to give him the credit. But Shaq and Kareem on that list, especially with Kareem, even if he did shoot from the outside, he couldn't because there was no three pointers when he played. Right. The sky hook. So up. yeah. 
unguardable. But the interesting thing to me was they didn't have Lillard guarding either of the guards. They kind of had him off on somebody else, like trying. I don't know if it was trying to keep him fresh for the offensive end, but it didn't work out, whatever no. it was. And then McCollum was trying to chase, you know, Curry around. And Curry just – Curry's one of the best cutters in the league. People don't understand how well he cuts without the ball. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna give credit to someone I don't feel like gets enough credit. Okay, and that's Steve Kerr. I think Steve what? Kerr is. I think you give him credit. What about Mike Brown? Well, I mean, well, see, here's the here's the thing with Mike Brown. I Mike Brown is their defensive we've mind. We've seen Mike Brown. Yeah, but he's their defensive mind. But you also look back to when they had Luke Walton. You know what I mean? Like we've sh- we've seen that just because you're doing well as an assist, like I guess you got to kind of give credit because maybe he is a good assistant. But I like Steve Kerr is I think is a very very good basketball mind. Oh, I'd agree, and I think his managing personalities on that yes. team is probably the biggest skill set because Absolutely. they had issues with Jordan Bell. They always have issues with Draymond. They had issues with Demarcus. Yeah, I'm sure KD has gotten frustrated at Absolutely. times. Probably Steph is a guy who wants to win twenty four seven, and Clay probably wants to win twenty four seven. You never but... know anything about Clay; he never really talks. <laughs> well, he, he's a pretty funny guy. I like his off season stuff; is pretty comical, and um, getting hung on the rim on a three sixty dunk in China, and all, <laughs> all different kinds of stuff. But yeah, I, I'd agree; those are probably a major skill set that he needs for that, and then just being through some of the stuff that they've been through probably is key to that success yeah. as well too but i mean yeah like that series wasn't really wasn't really that fun to watch but this other series has been a blast to watch which i wouldn't say it wasn't fun because think about it, it's like you said they were down by 18 and 17 and came back and went one so it was like good basketball at points but it was also like a predetermined we even though they were up that much you always felt like there was something going on where they were coming back yeah it's like what we talked about last episode where it was like they coast a lot of the times because they know they're gonna win yeah during the regular season which i don't think in this case i i didn't feel like that was the case i felt like they're like you said give Kerr credit for his rotations and then it genuinely felt like the warriors had every matchup figured out and you know how you make playoffs are all about adjustments every game even though whatever they were doing before was working they would still make the adjustment and think about it they're starting they started alfonso mckinney and i love mckinney but alfonso mckinney starting on a probably championship winning team is not what you expect in game four of the western conference finals absolutely not but this other this other series the bucks and the raptors has been a blast to watch Right. Both teams have held serve, one at their at their home courts. Uh it's going back to Milwaukee tomorrow. Uh which after the first two, two. two games, everybody said, hey, this one's probably over. And I'm really glad to watch Toronto come back and win those two I, games. I, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Reggie Miller did game two. And he said, something you guys need to remember. Because the game was pretty much over it, like towards the end. Like you could tell or something. So you knew it was going to be 2-0. Yeah. And he was like, something you all need to, you all need to remember is this Raptors – this Raptors team has come back from 2-0 before and forced a game six against the Cavs and, and all this stuff. And he was like, this series is not over. Right. And that was exactly what I thought. It was like, especially with those, I don't, I don't, none of the first two games were blowouts. I don't feel like, were they? They, they were, I wouldn't say blowouts, but they were foregone conclusions where, like you said, down four minutes to go in the game, they're taking starters out and yeah. stuff. So, but 
like you felt like it was just like one bounce a certain way and Toronto could be back into it. Well, it just felt like to me every time they tried to make a run, you know, basketball is a game of runs, Milwaukee had a better answer. Yeah. Or Milwaukee got a stop. Or Milwaukee got a bucket in transition. or And it's like I told you, I think having Brogdon has been a huge piece to that. And then having um, Bledsoe and uh, – George Hill play at high levels. And then obviously in game one, Brooke Lopez went off, which yeah. surprised the heck out of me. And then having the spacing of Miritich well, heck, yeah, and that game, that game, uh, Toronto was winning with like four minutes left. And yep. Brooke Lopez started game. yeah, Brooke Lopez started going off. So yeah. that's that's the, They were winning most of that game, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 92, then, 90 was the last I think they were winning. Yeah, and so like it felt like just one bounce or one or two bounces a certain way and Toronto would would be fine. And then you go back yeah. to Toronto and you have Drake on the sideline, you know, doing his thing. Yeah. And throwing the curse of the Raptor on the Bucks now. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> well, I thought it was the curse of Toronto at first because he's yeah. cheering for Toronto. That was By the way, be my did you see move. that $5,500 OVO jacket that Toronto gave him? No. Oh, dude, it's dope. How does Toronto give him an OVO jacket? They, That's his it's brand. like a, it is, but they they put his logos on it. Yeah, and they were. I'm pretty sure it was diamonds in this jacket, right. it, dude. It was so fifty five hundred. Maybe it's cubic zirconias. You think? I mean, the whole thing wasn't covered in it. It was like his, his logo. logo was maybe like what six seven inches on one side, and the other side was this. So I mean, it was probably yeah. But if you cover that in real diamonds. You're talking about a lot of quiche. Like, think about it. Diamond necklaces are more than fifty five hundred for a full diamond necklace, and it's got more yeah. diamonds than that on there. You it's have all carrot. You have size more. And... You have more ice than I do. I wouldn't know. Yeah, none. These are fake. So, I, yeah, I've got none. <laughs> so, I, w- I wouldn't even know when it comes to that stuff. But I mean, like I said, that has been a great series. Yeah, uh, that one. That one. I'm and I hope to see a game seven. But my problem with it is now the Warriors are sitting at home. Getting healthy, yeah. still on the same page with each other, gaining continuity, and now you've got a battle on your hands if you're Milwaukee and Toronto, and you know somebody needs to close it out. Somebody needs to win the next two games and try to give the Warriors their best shot because I think if it goes to Game 7, it's going to be a tough uphill battle. And I'd say even if it doesn't, it's a tough battle for them. But yeah. I do think, you know, surprisingly enough um, – I think that Milwaukee might be the better matchup there, but I think that Toronto has some pieces that could throw a wrench. Obviously, Kawhi's the main piece in that. I think Norman Powell off the bench is a major contributor that people don't really pay attention to as well. And then, obviously, the bigs we talked about earlier, too. Gasol and Ibaka would basically become... Who was, irre- that? Who was that second one? Ibaka. But they, what I was getting ready to say was they'd basically become irrelevant in this series. Yeah. Because you, if you have Looney in the game, then guess what you're going to do if you're Steve Kerr? That's what you're going is Looney. Oh, guess what? I'm going to bring Looney up, set a high screen, and then guess what? You're going to have Marcus Gasol up uh, there. They've pretty much ruled the... the uh, this series, they've pretty much ruled Cousins out for sure right now. Cause I, he of the said, finals? Yeah, I thought... Did I hear that wrong? Or I Yeah, I don't think that's correct. I think there was... Um, he wasn't coming back in that series, but I'm pretty sure he could be back in the finals. I'm not going to say he I will mean, do be. You, do you risk it if you're the Warriors? or are you? The, are He's you, only on a one-year deal. Or do you or risk I it guess, if you're DeMarcus? Or that's what I mean. Do you risk it if it's him? That's this, what is, I mean. this is why you do, because he's on a $3 million one-year deal, and his whole idea was 
come back from his Achilles injury this year, halfway through the year. Show he can play. Prove why he deserved a major contract with somebody and get a championship ring. Yeah. So now you've checked two boxes off because nobody really wanted him. Now, granted, I'd be shocked if there wasn't an offer worth more than $3 million. But it's like I said, now you're checking off the box of winning a championship and making more money for yourself in the future. So don't sign a three-year, four-year deal for $6 million a year. Sign a one-year one deal for $3 million, and then next year sign a max deal or whatever it may yeah. be. But um, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know who I really hope wins that series because I really don't. It's, it's Toronto and Milwaukee. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't care either way. I just want to keep seeing the series the way it's been going. I just want to keep seeing good games. And at the end of the day, I mean, did you see the thing the other day? And I'm not just bringing this up because I'm a LeBron fan. It's just this actually kind of surprised me. Did you see that the the playoff ratings are down like 18 percent because he's not in it? It was more in the first rounds. Remember, I referenced it. It was like 31 percent at one point. So, and somebody else said it was the time slots. I mean, it's the same time slots as it's been before. Yeah, but did you see on there, it specifically says not only because he's not in the playoffs, because he's not in the Eastern Conference playoffs as well, too. So now, and to me, that was crazy because I thought the Eastern Conference playoffs have been just fine. I think they've been better than the Western Conference. Well, you had, you know, Celtics, who you thought had a chance. You had a lot of teams like Magic win a game one. Now, granted, there hasn't been any upsets. Yeah, The only upset was... um, Portland at the three seed winning, right? Over Denver, the two seed? Uh, Toronto was the three. Over uh, Over the four. Yeah, they played the four, right? I think, actually, no, you're right. It was just Portland, the three over the two. I could be wrong, but I believe that's the only upset of the second round. So, needless to say, you know. uh, What was Philadelphia's? I think um, four. Who, or no, Uh, two? Who was two? Uh, Milwaukee was, was one. one. Two was... Uh, was it Toronto? I guess it might have been, yeah. And then four, five was... Yeah. Or no, three, Philly, four, was three, Philly four. that far back? Because they played Philly in the first round, didn't they? Who did? Uh, Toronto. No, second round. Was it second round? Yeah, second round. So Toronto... Yeah, because Toronto lost to Orlando in game one. Toronto was two. Philly was three. Because it's one versus four, two versus three. Yeah. NBA standings. Let's pull it up here. It was Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, Boston, Indy, Brooklyn, Orlando, Detroit. Correct. Because Milwaukee beat Boston, so one versus four, and then two versus three, Toronto versus Philly. Yeah. Um, Which it'll be interesting to see what Philly does next year. We already had that conversation briefly, but it sounds like Butler's at and then to Boston. Getting rid of Butler? I feel like uh, is Butler, it I them like, getting rid of him, or is it Butler going somewhere else? I feel like Butler bought in. I, I did, like I feel like Butler bought in as much as he had in Chicago. I don't think he really ever bought in in Minnesota. Uh, I don't think that's where he uh, wanted no, to be. No, there's a power struggle between Carl Anthony Towns, Wiggins, and him. And yeah. I actually don't think it was between them directly. I think it was caused by the front office who yeah. signed that contract and paid Carl Anthony Towns before they paid Jimmy. And Jimmy said, why didn't you give me my money first? And in my opinion, he was potentially right and i i do think jimmy butler is a great piece i do want him in a philadelphia jersey next year i just want him to want to be there is what yeah. i'd say i feel like he's i feel like he bought in from like all the stuff at first it you know he had his little uh 
riffs with uh, Embiid, but I mean, it seems like everyone has one of those. I don't even think it was Embiid. I think it was Brett Brown who was trying to tell him you need to be more aggressive, and he was just trying to find his role on the team. Yeah. He didn't want to step on anybody's toes, which is surprising for Jimmy Butler. But then you bring in Tobias Harris. Then you've got Redick on that team as well, too. Um, the interesting thing to me was, unfortunately, Ennis and, unfortunately, Simmons did not play out like I was hoping for. So Mike Scott, I said Mike Scott wasn't an important piece, ended up playing well. Ennis and um, Ennis was the one who I was really hoping for to have a better game, and then Simmons really did nothing. Jonathan Simmons has not looked like he's been a shell of himself since the Spurs. So Popovich gets credit there. But, man, that's the two pieces that they needed. Yeah. Um, so this was the first time that I think this has ever happened since we introduced the power move. Yeah. You and I had the same one. You end up uh, remembering one that you had before, so you changed yours, which is totally fine. Yep. But it was funny because I came – I we, uh, I was talking to BJ and I was like, oh, dude, I got my power move. And this is how we do for for you though that don't know that we'll sit here do a little bit of studying and stuff, and then we'll usually most of the time, unless we have a funny one that we know the other one won't have, we'll tell each other our power moves and our beefs right. and everything. Well, basically, this whole podcast comes from genuine conversations. Yeah, like that's where the ideas have came up from, and so that's what today was was like. You said to me, "Hey, I got an awesome." Um, power move and I was like in my head going okay what is this one going to be because I knew I had told you I had just saw this today yeah and so did I because this story came out today I uh, think so and I said it and you were like you're an idiot I said his last name then too yeah. and I was like what are you talking about and you were like that's my power move and I was like no way Yeah. and, he was, and you were like yeah and I was like I mean we could do the co-power move and you were good with it and you're like oh by the way i came up with a different power move yeah well it was only because I, it was my power move it wasn't a power move but it was a story i was going to get into last week i didn't get a chance to get into it and so therefore i was just like hey we we should have two power moves this will go good together so you want me to go first on this one you can if you want to if you want me to i can whatever you think so, is best um i'll, I'll go ahead and talk this so which we had some breaking news while we were on here by the way after these power moves go, we ahead, should go ahead and it. say it well it looks like howard has actually been signed Jawan howard as oh, Michigan's that, coach. that was actually a couple hours ago yeah but he wasn't signed that was alleging him to be there so it, it's saying because ed cooley had backed out and ed cooley was supposed to be the front runner he said he was staying in providence now they're actually saying that howard returns to michigan as new hoops coach so yeah. I love that pickup by them. Too. I like that pickup too. I don't. Well, I don't like it because I think Michigan could be good again. But I also think it's a player-dominated league now, and you can have a great system, but you got to have the players. So. You saw your you saw your guy stay in the draft, right, Brad Dacus? No, I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah, but... he came out and said he was going to stay in the draft. Well, when's the you got it by the twenty-sixth, right? Yeah, but he's already like you can say it ahead of time. He's already said for sure he's staying in the draft, right? So I he may have either gotten he heard what he needed to hear from the combine. Or um, had a workout with a team because Enoch didn't play at the combine, but Enoch has been working out for teams. Yeah. So my guess is is Bryce Dacus worked out for a team and a team told him what he wanted to hear. Well, I think he was a guy who kind of knew it was one and done from the get go. Like he wasn't a well known player, but I think skill set wise, he thought he had what it took. And then even listening to Beeline, they were interviewing Beeline in the, uh, I guess the the media day or whatever it was, and. Um, he made it sound like it was pretty much a foregone conclusion. That he was I'm sure that helped it. it too with him leaving. I'm yeah. sure it helped him make that decision if well, it I don't was know. close. I think 
that uh, Beeline kind of liked some of his veteran guys more than he liked Ignis. So maybe that did contribute, maybe it didn't. But either way, it, it sounded like he was more high on Charles Matthews and Simpson. And um, who is their big guy? Starts with a T, right? I think so. I can see his face, but I can't think of his name. Yeah. Well, it was Mott's Wagner before. And, um, yeah. So, needless to say, I think he was higher on some of those other players. Jordan Poole was another guy who was really high on, which yeah. I watched him live in high school. And I can tell you I was very impressed with his college career. In high school, <laughs> he was a knockdown shooter. But, man, in college, he shot the lights out. He grew a little bit, too. Yeah. So, the story that – uh, BJ and I both uh, stumbled. I guess they didn't really stumble upon it. Was on the front page. I feel like of ESPN. It smacked you in the face. Yeah, uh, it's about 19-year-old Carter Stewart, which is a name that none of you probably know unless you also read this article. Uh, he is a baseball player from Florida who was drafted by the Atlanta Braves in 20, uh, 2018. He was number eight overall pick by the Braves in last year's draft but didn't sign after Atlanta, who believed he was injured, offered him a signing bonus well under the $4.98 million slot value of the pick. And they offered him around $2 million. So he said, like BJ said, kick rocks, I'm going Juco. Forget y'all. I'm going Juco, and then he's been projected to go in the second round of this year's draft and would receive... Not just a signing, but he would receive a complete offer of less than $2 million. Which, by the way, I think why he chose to go back is all because of that alleged injury, which was not released or disclosed. Yeah. So that's kind of a cruddy way to make a player leave. And then the interesting thing to me was you go back and play, and then you're going to get drafted again. Well, if- see, that's the thing. You if Unless you sign with a team, because that's the thing with baseball, yeah. is uh, you can sign with teams and stay in college. Right, but what I'm saying is, to me, if you're a other team out there besides the Braves and you're looking at drafting this kid and you saw what happened last year, and granted, you probably think Atlanta messed up as far as how they went through with it all, but that raises a red flag to me. Like that That's one of those, you know how you see in the NFL draft always the week before or whatever, you're like, this guy slid because of whatever. To me, in the MLB draft, this should be the same thing. He should have slid in this because they're going, well, what if he doesn't like our offer? What if it doesn't yada, yada, yada? Absolutely. So he uh, he goes back Juco, and then they're projecting him to go second round this year. And he says it again. Kick rocks, Major League Baseball. Yeah, I'm going to Japan. He's going, going back, back to Japan, Japan. Yeah. So the ruling in baseball is is they kind of have you around the cojones. Uh, yeah. And it kind of sucks for players that are really good because you're stuck under this rookie contract until you're pretty old. Yep. So let's say he goes into the Major League Baseball, okay? Okay. He is going to be let's say he goes Major League Baseball this year. He's he's not going to be able to be a free agent until probably uh 2024. Uh, which wow. would make him, I'm sorry. Five years? 2027, which would make him 28 years old. Eight years? Yes, because of the different things with, um, it, he would reach after the 2027 season when he will be 28. Ooh. So, and that's, and you got to think of just the 
just the pay from that he's going to get in 2020 he would top out at double a and make less than ten thousand dollars for the season <laughs> that's less than what you grand. that's less than what you and i make uh, not no, not not to not that. to give away but that we're not rich but we make more than 10 grand that's less than what you spend and on then, shoes a year I don't, dude. I don't. I don't. No way. I think you're talking. I think. Were you looking at the reflection off the window there? No, I was speaking to you. Um. So it says if he's good and moving up quickly, his team would probably keep him at scant wages in minor leagues for all of 2021 as well, and then 2022 ensure it controls him for the next six and three quarter years before free agency. In 22, 23, and 24, Stewart would make the major league minimum. It's crazy. Which, to be generous, assuming the new collective bargaining agreement uh, gives it a big bump, could be seven hundred fifty thousand. Oh. Still a decent amount of money, but as far as baseball goes, that's not a lot amount, a no. lot of money. And if you're a good player, you're you're hoping for more. So he says, "Nah, screw that. I'm going to Japan." Right. Sign is he would. He's going there, and he's going to make like seven million a year. Yeah, with incentives and bonuses, and they can only have four foreign players on each team. I read as yeah. well too. It's just like basketball, I'm sure. Well, I think how many players are on a MLB roster? Or I'd or say, Japan probably, I roster? mean, you got to think. Well, I mean, with a regular baseball roster, I'd say probably around thirty, thirty-five. So because your bullpen's pretty big, and then you got uh, a six or seven, you know, backup. Uh, position players and stuff so but in uh, basketball you probably have up to 16 and typically you're talking 12 or 13 so the ratio is even less in baseball and i mean that's why they took a pitcher they probably have you know some won't won't be a pinch hitter but probably would in the mlb be a maybe a first baseman so maybe a shortstop so basically what he did was is he found a loophole in the major league baseball rule because their ruling is uh Stands to make one He would have the MLB organization. He could potentially return to the United States as a 25-year-old free agent, allow, allowed to sign a long-term contract with any of the MLB teams. Right. I think the deal was he has to stay with this one team for that entire time. And it right? has to be a Major League Baseball-approved league. Right. Which is where he's going. Right. So he has to be there. What you said, five years? Is that what you said? I believe so. So he's going to come back as a 25-year-old, which is still really young. Right come back and if he's already playing well he's gonna make cheddar again yep because then he'll have that chance to get that big contract right away absolutely which i once again i don't know he'll have to perform over there and then obviously his past you know might catch up to him but with that being said i think power move all day is correct yeah if you haven't looked at the dude by the way he looks like a robot his yeah. face does not look like a real person i don't know how many robots are six six but i know you told me don't think about that just think about his face and and all i kept thinking is that's a big robot bro yeah that's that's like what was that uh longest yard that's a that's a yeah big old robot <laughs> yeah i think of something of that nature <laughs> yeah but uh, Chicago Cubs are beating the Philadelphia Phillies, which is making me very sad that you would talk about baseball and they would be losing. Your former favorite player, Bryce Harper. He was Harper. never my favorite player. He's on my favorite team, but he was never my favorite player. Conspiracy Steven theory. Steven Strasburg has been my favorite player for the Nationals for a while. He hits the ball really well. Um, <laughs> he hits about <laughs> as good as Bryce Harper last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or this year, maybe. Um, but but anyways, that brings me to my power move. So we should have brought it up last week, but I, it just didn't make the cut. Sometimes yeah. things work out for perfect. 
we had such a good episode going. We had Michael Mullins on here killing it. We had our own little fun. No, no, ain't nobody got no time for no NBA extra talk, right? Yeah. So my power move is going to be comparable to the serial talk, and I'm going to title it Lucky Charms. And not Lucky Charms because they're magically delicious, but Lucky Charms because... Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. We're talking... That's my 33rd time, if anybody's counting. Um, we're talking about David Griffin as GM or in the front office has had four first picks in the NBA draft since 2011. So you're talking about eight years, right? Or technically nine years, I guess, 2011. I'm not going to add the math up. It's either eight or nine years. And he's done it again. And this year it's with the Pelicans, unfortunately, instead of it being with the Cavs, which it should be with the Cavs, except for they could not come to an agreement re-signing him, which made Kobe Altman the GM, which has not proven to work out for the Cavs. Shocker there. Dan Gilbert making great decisions. Let me decisions. ask you this before you finish what this. What do you want to ask me? No, I mean, do you think that it would have worked out had LeBron not left? Because I felt like some of the moves he made were actually pretty good moves. Meaning if they kept the pieces that they had there, that they would have won a championship? Or what are you asking? Like, because, first of all, Colby Altman came into that contract that Tristan Thompson already had. Like okay. he came, he came in with with his hands behind, tied behind his back already with some of the things, and you know just as well as I do that LeBron was going to make a decision, and it didn't matter who the GM was. Well, it, it would have helped if David Griffin was there because David Griffin was the one who mended the fence and brought LeBron back. So you think if David Griffin was still there, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just saying you think it, you just think it would have been a better chance, or you think he would have stayed? I think it would have been a better chance. I, I think the writing was on the wall once Dan Grilbert kind of came out and said nobody owes LeBron anything, and and you know he wasn't the only one to thank for the Cleveland championship. I think uh, the other thing to do, and I said this to Ryan. But I think LeBron is a very intelligent individual. And I think LeBron knows, unfortunately, his playing days. He's watched two of his closest friends, technically three of them, but he's watched the demise of Melo. Yeah. He's watched the retirement of, of Wade. Wade. And he's watched the slow deterioration of CP3. And so now he's going. And you can even throw in uh, the fast deterioration of Chris Bosch. Yeah, uh, well, that was different, uh, yeah. unfortunately, which are um, hopefully not R.I.P. Hopefully yeah. Chris Bosh keeps getting better. I would have loved to see him play again. Me too. I, I liked Bosh, and I liked his game. I do, and I think he was underrated, and he played third fiddle on a team that he could have been first fiddle on a team. So I like that as well, too. You know, Not your typical fiddle player, but I'm just saying. Fiddle on the roof, baby. Yeah, big time. Great movie. Classic. And I think it would have helped out a lot. So... Not saying it would have happened, but he knew, LeBron knew that he needed to focus on what was next in his career. And just like Space Kobe, Jam, too. Yeah, which is not going to be good. But just like Kobe knew what he was going to do when his career was over and is extremely success, successful, I think LeBron will do the same. And he's already started that. So that, that I, I feel like Kobe Altman, a lot of his. A lot of the stuff that he's had happen, I don't really think it's really his fault, is what I'm saying. I think he's actually done a decent job. I thought he brought in some decent pieces last year for what he was dealt with those contracts. I've not hated what he's done. The thing that I will say to you is decent doesn't cut it in, in the Professional Basketball Association. So, I mean, he, he, did, he made the trade to get rid of Isaiah Thomas. 
Yeah. And got, I thought, really good pieces from uh, with Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood just didn't – he just didn't play well. Yeah. And then who else did they get from that? Um, they tra- they traded away um, – what's his face from the Celtics, too? They traded away both the Celtics players because they didn't feel like either one of them wanted to be there. There's been a lot of moves. And yeah. even in the offseason and letting George Hill, you know, trade in him this year. And George Hill didn't play well either, though. It just seemed like a lot of those players just didn't step up in big moments. And I feel like that's not really any fault of Kobe Altman's. But no. you would know more about it than I would because you, you pay attention to the Cavs a whole lot more than I do. Unfortunately. But I, I just feel like a lot of the moves he made were made, were made and I didn't really think they were bad ones. At what point do you say, though, that they are bad if a person does not perform? Because I agree with you. And it's David Griffin made bad moves. David yeah. Griffin, you know, part of the picks, you know, you got 2011 Kyrie, you got 2013 Anthony Bennett, and you got 2014 Andrew Wiggins. Bennett is currently in the G League and not poised to make a big NBA run. And Wiggins has underperformed for his career. So the only but the good thing about Wiggins is you got Kevin Love, who has had a really good, who's had really good, uh, a really good career with the Cavs. Right. I agree that was a great trade. So that's why I'm saying, though, I'm referencing every move that you make as a GM or as a front offense individual is not going to be a perfect move. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm not saying that Kobe Altman has to be perfect. I hope they do well in the draft. I'm not positive who I want them to take because there's so many holes in the roster. What are they at? Uh, Fifth. Fifth. Yeah. And so they're, like, right there, like – you just got to yeah, wonder who's going to get projected done. DeAndre Hunter, which yeah. is an interesting. I just don't know. That's why I'm saying as far as position, you know, you even mentioned I, I would love to see Kobe White, but I think that's a project. And with Sexton there, like I feel like that would be a fun one-two punch um, with how the game is going now too. But what's their roster even going to look like next year? You know, true. unfortunately true. I don't see them making the playoffs again as of right now, and I don't see them picking up free agents that will push them in there. So hopefully they can sneak into the eight seed like I thought they were this year. I got a it's got a uh, message from somebody we need to get on here at some point. We've yeah. tried to do it in the past and it just hasn't worked out. Michael Sharp oh. sends me the link to Howard returns to Michigan as new hoops coach with the caption, We gonna shock the world. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. I love that. Sharpie. Dude, that, we always say that line. We would play 2K, and we'd say that, and yeah. we, we would make sure that we made our guys do the – because I love that line when they were in that movie when uh, Juwan Howard is talking, and he was like, I was there, and I was hitting the cabbage patch. <laughs> like, I love that. I love that line. <laughs> yeah. But, sorry, I interrupted you, and you were in the middle of a – as a good as Stephen A. Smith would say, his soliloquy. No, yeah. that that was my power move. Is the lucky charm of David Griffin, and I wish it would have been in Cleveland. But it will be interesting to see. I can tell you from his picks, I know what he likes in a player, and I think it's a polished type of player. And I don't think Zion is the typical type of player that he looks at. And I think he might have seen from his past errors in judgment as far as drafting and maybe there was more to it behind the scenes than what we knew of but i i would be shocked if he didn't take zion on this one because of what has happened in the past yeah i would be very very shocked if he didn't take zion yeah but that moves me to a beef um so no one's gotten to hear it yet as soon as i 
as soon as I hear or get a copy of the file, I'll I'll uh, put it out. Uh, I was on a podcast yesterday, which I found out when I got there that was also a live uh, radio show as well. Which I would have, I wish I would have known beforehand because I would have let everybody know so that you guys could have listened to it. Yeah, but there was a debate on there that I have heard more than one time. One of the times that I heard it, the person has actually recanted, so I won't throw their name under the bus, Tony, uh, that they said this. And this is my beef, by the way. I'm getting tired of hearing this, and I'm getting tired of this person getting this much credit. (laughs) Draymond Green is not a Hall of Famer. And BJ and I sat here for like 20 minutes debating this. Kind of. You got to wait. And, and no, I'm just I'm gonna say because we had actually put that in there at first. We were like, "Hey, man, let's, we're just gonna we're gonna, let's quit talking about this here. Let's actually talk about this on here one because it's getting late, and yeah. two because we needed to to put stuff in there." And I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna make that my beef because I'm tired of hearing about it anyway." Yep. And, and you are very passionate about this. The one thing I want to preface before we even start this conversation is you remember what my first sentence of that was your question is is he a hall of famer and i took the cop-out answer of he could potentially be a hall of famer and my exact caveat with that is if his career trajectory continues on at what it is now then you cannot keep him out of the hall of fame at that point so then i asked you correct i said Okay, you say his career trajectory. What about his career trajectory tells you that he should be in the Hall of Fame? Correct. And, and my caveats or my pinpoints were a couple of things. First of all, we found out he was in the league for this is his seventh season, right? Yeah, this is his seventh year. If they do, which is expected, I don't want to put the horse before the carriage because I don't want them to. But if they do win a championship this year, this will be his fourth championship in seven Correct. years. Correct. The role that he plays on this team is an incredibly meaningful role on this team as well, too. He does not get credit for what he does because he does a little bit of everything, but I would say the main thing that he is known for is his defensive paralysis and being able to switch and guard players one through five. So you've got rings as an accolade. You've got statistics as almost averaging a triple-double as an accolade. You've got um, playmaking ability and passion as a major now granted you don't get into the hall of fame with passion but i'm saying that propels his game into a hall of fame potential category all right so um where are we going to start here championships that's great everyone likes winners i'll agree with that everyone everyone actually no everyone every everyone likes to win correct um some hate to lose some love to win yeah i hate to lose Here's the thing, yeah. What is it? I'm not putting, I'm not putting Robert Ory in the in the Hall of Fame. And I agreed with you on this. Robert Ory's got seven championships. Granted, we talked about it. He is he played a lot more years. Robert Ory's hit a lot more big shots than Draymond Green has ever even thought of hitting. Big in, shot in, Bob. in any of his championships. I wouldn't say a lot more because I think there was three that were major, <clears throat> meaningful shots, and I think you know those are replayed over and over. The Lakers, the uh, Houston well, Rockets. Well, to be the Spurs. fair, that happens with everyone. What that happens with everyone because you you look at even Jordan you look at Jordan a lot of his shots are just played over and over and people feel like he's hit a lot more shots than what he's hit yeah but I'm saying it was iconic the shots that he hit were good bounce came to him 
you got to be clutch and knock that one chance yeah. down. And so that's all I'm saying. So that I'm saying you you start there. That's yeah. seven championships for Robert Ory. Right. Okay, so there's seven championships and a person that I feel like is pretty comfortable. They play the same position. Uh, I would say Robert Ory's a better shooter. I would say Draymond Green's Same position, but different players. Yeah, but they're the same position. So, if uh, positionless basketball is what the NBA is all about, well, see, now. If, so, if Robert Ory played in today's game, he'd probably play the three. If I'm being honest, no, he might play the five. That's also good. That's the thing about today's basketball is you could he could play he could play so many different positions because of his outside shooting ability. If you looked at him like a Ilyasova or a Miritich, I mean, probably not a Lopez because Lopez is even bigger. But we're we're talking about the Bucks. That's where I would see him as power forward, probably still, possibly five. So that was that was somebody that I brought up. He Robert Ory doesn't say his height on here, but I'd say he's what six eight, six nine, probably somewhere around there. I believe you're spot on. Uh, Draymond six seven two two thirty. Yep. So we go rings. Okay, four to four to seven. We agreed. Okay, Robert Ory played more years. So that's yeah, well, still, Dray- that's still Draymond's TBD. only played seven, or this will be his seventh season. Yeah, and that's also us giving them the ring this year because he only has three right now. Right. That's us. That's also us assuming that they're going to win this year. Right. That would give him four in seven. Uh, Ori played more. Has played more years. How many uh, does it say? How many he played? Uh, I mean, uh, seven five. I don't recall exactly how many he played. I know you, we talked about it earlier. Towards the end of his career, he wasn't getting Two, a ton of minutes, three, but he was still on four, rosters. Five, and I think that Spurs championship six, was his seven, last eight, championship. Nine, I 10, believe. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years. And a lot of you out there didn't know that Beef could count to 18, so that's yeah. pretty impressive on that level. 18 too. years he played, but. Uh, Man, no, I did not know it was that many, though. But you got to think, his last. Five years, he didn't play more than 18 minutes a game. Right, but when was his last – does it say when his last championship was? Was it with the Spurs, do you recall? Um, let me see. Because whenever you said seven, I was thinking in my head, he had three with the Lakers, right? He had two with Houston, right? Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. five. So his other three were with the Spurs? Yeah. That's impressive. I would guess. Or did he win four with the Lakers? Did he win one of those other ones after Shaq left? Ooh, I don't know. Uh, they couldn't get Carl Malone and GP. I mean, 94, 95, 2001, 2000, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2005, 2007. Yeah, so, yeah, he wouldn't have had to win another three. He only won two more because he won the three-peat with the Lakers, the two with Houston, and then the two with the Lakers. Seven. Or two with uh, – with San Antonio, that's why I said it was seven. Yeah, so uh, that's yeah. why I said I was incorrect. We were, we were just my... adding adding another championship on there. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I was just incorrect on. I don't know where I got eight from, but clearly five plus three equals eight. So I was just <laughs> wrong from the start. <laughs> so Robert Ory is a person that I that I brought up because it's like I said, same position, not necessarily same player, but their stats are pretty comparable as a career. Robert Ory averaged seven points. And five rebounds. Draymond Green so far, as a career, has averaged nine points and seven rebounds. Has never averaged averaged double digits in anything. So you may say, okay, well, that's yeah, but because you say hasn't averaged double digits for his career. For his career, yes, right, right. 
I'm sorry, and I stand corrected. He has averaged double digits four times in points. So I stand corrected on that. Per I apologize. season. I'm, I'm per saying, season, yeah. yes. And so the current player that I compared him to, and I asked who would you take out of these two, and I brought up Serge Ibaka. Yep. You said without even thinking. No, I did think. You were like, I would take Draymond. And you said, I'm not high on Serge Ibaka. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't want it to sound like I considered. I, I wanted to make sure that everybody knew that I genuinely believe, and it was not even – to me, there was no questions involved. If I'm a GM in the NBA and you offer me Ibaka and you offer me Draymond Green and you offer them to me at the same rate, I 100% am taking Draymond Green. Ibaka has, in my opinion, way better numbers in a lot less time as far as minutes go. But this is my question to you. You're, you're saying way better numbers, and we already talked about this briefly, but you're referencing that he averages more points per game Correct. and he has about the same rebounds per game, right? Uh, yes. Okay, so that is way more better. But look at the assists. Now tell me what the assist, the assist differential is. The assist is, is career 6.9 to uh, .7. So that, that part is, is a lot better for Draymond. Yeah. So – you may say, "Well, Abaka probably takes more shots because he doesn't play with his better, as good of teams." No, I wouldn't say that necessarily because I've watched him. He probably averages ten shots a game on a good day. Uh, that's the most he's ever averaged in a season. Yeah, he averages seven point five as a career. Yep. Uh, Dream- Which we mentioned, Draymond. You, know, you got to look at both these guys' first years. They were getting fifteen minutes a game, roughly fifteen yeah. to twenty minutes a game, which is not much in the NBA. Draymond for career averages ten shots a game. Right. So Draymond on a better team averages more shots, shoots less percentage by almost ten percent. Which I mentioned, I think Ibaka gets a lot of easy dunks. I mentioned Ibaka gets a lot of easy putbacks on the offensive rebound. Draymond Green does get an occasional layup on a fast break, an occasional dunk, but Draymond is the much better facilitator. So then you look at threes. Draymond takes one two point eight threes a game as Serge Ibaka takes one point seven. So one more three a game average for Draymond. And what are those percentages? They, uh thirty thirty five point seven percent for Serge. Yep, so basically 36. And for I'm Draymond, 34. 32%. Yeah. Better free throw free throw shooter as well by 7% as a career. Yeah. I, I, to me, it's it, you gave the edge to Draymond defensively. I think it's almost even. I think we're, well, we're as one, You, I give you that point where Draymond can guard a point guard and Serge Ibaka can't. I'll yeah. give you I'll give you that argument to absolutely. Well, there is no argument to be had there. But I will also agree or I will also argue that Serge Ibaka is a way better rim protector than Draymond Green is. The agreement that I will concede to you is that Ibaka is the much better shot blocker. I told you I think when you're talking about protecting the rim, there's levels to it. And I think Ibaka sometimes is not going to go up on a poster. And Draymond Green does not care about being on a poster. And Draymond Green will also knock you on your rear end, which is not acceptable in today's I don't see, game. That's, I don't really think that's a good argument for making someone a rim protector just because you either A – like knock somebody on the rear end or B kick them in the nuts. Like that to me does not make you a rim protector. A rim protector is someone that blocks shots and alters shots. What Draymond what are, Green is not a good shot altering big man. 
But think he's you just said he's six six. So he's also six seven. Yeah. Well, you said six six earlier, so you can't use both. I'd agree he's probably six 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 seven. Whatever he is, we're talking no, about. No, I, was, I read his his height is six seven. Well, you did, what six you, seven two thirty. You did say six six earlier, but I'm not holding you to that. I'm just saying that's what was said earlier. If I, I said that earlier, then I was completely wrong. Six six two thirty is what was quoted. With that being said, I, I think. The wording that you're using is rim protector, right? Mm-hmm. So by definition, you're talking about protecting the rim. Now, what are you doing? You're not allowing somebody to get an easy bucket is what you're doing. Trey Blocking shots. That. When you think of a rim protector, you know just as well as I do that when someone says that guy's a rim okay. protector, that means he blocks shots. I've got a great question for you. Is Bill Lambeer considered Bill a rim protector? Bill Lambeer is a piece of garbage. Is, is Bill what? Lambeer considered a rim protector? Yes. No. The answer is yes. Is Rick Mahorn considered a rim protector? Is Charles Oakley considered a rim protector? No. Is Anthony Mason considered a rim protector? R.I.P. R.I.P. All of these guys are considered. And that's why I if say I'm it's talking a different about generation. A rim, if I'm talking about a rim protector, I'm thinking of somebody like Matumbo, Matumbo Alonzo Mourning, uh, even Shaq. Shaq was a great rim protector. I'm thinking of Anthony Davis. Uh, I'm not comparing Anthony a, Davis is a good one. I'm not thinking of I'm not Michael Alawakandi. Yeah, oh God bless. <laughs> no, I'm not thinking. Of, even someone that was on their team last year, JaVale McGee, I would consider a rim protector. Oh, you question my Michael Alawakandi, and you are going with yes, JaVale? I'm questioning that because you're not even saying his name correctly. Alawak- I can't it's pronounce. I've Michael, got a speech impediment. Michael, which is a hard word to say when you have one. Alawakandi. Michael Alawakandi. Alawakandi. You see, you, now you're just sounding like a guy from Philly. A Wall of Candy. Yeah. But I'm tired of hearing Draymond's a Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer. To me, you have to earn being a Hall of Famer. It, what you're saying, that means he's not earning it, in my opinion. The, the, Why? It, what's he doing? He's getting it. Would he be in that? That's like saying. Like so, uh, think uh, 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 no, think of so down. much. You got me. You're you got angry. me. You're getting that's why it's up. a beef, dude, because I'm getting so mad at hearing people saying this. Yeah. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's like, there's nothing about him that says Hall of Fame other than he's riding the coattails of two and now three players to get championships. This is my thing. First and foremost, he definitely has a couple of guys on his team who are great players. And second of all, sometimes being a Hall of Fame player is circumstantial. Sometimes that is going to propel you in there. And if you remember correctly, my argument was never. He is a Hall of Fame player. It's he has the potential to be a Hall of Fame player. And I would love to have him on my team. And so I know there are other people arguing other things, but I am not one of those people. So I do agree with you that maybe the Hall of Fame Draymond Green currently is a little premature. But No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's premature. I think it's absurd that he's even mentioned in the same conversation as Hall of Fame. That's what I'm saying. I don't want it to my words yeah. to be minced at all. That dude is not a Hall of Fame player. Nothing about his game has said to me, oh, my goodness, he needs to be enshrined into a Hall of Fame because he's like – it's not like he's been a martyr for the game of basketball either or anything like that to where like someone like a Pat Tillman who was a military guy and then passed away and so they put him in the Hall of Fame because of that. An he actual didn't do, martyr. Yeah, like he didn't do anything like that. He's not good enough to be in the Hall of Fame. His he, Smile Club Direct hasn't got him directly into the Hall of Fame. I don't even know what that is. You, don't, you haven't seen the Smile Club Direct commercials? If I see Draymond Green on TV, I turn it off. I cannot stand Draymond Green. You cry a little bit too, don't you? I don't. Okay. Well, I don't, I just I don't cry. So this is my thing. Two things. First of all, I think pre-KD, 
I told you this earlier. You could see the Rocket, or excuse me, you could see the Warriors making a push to improve and get better, and he was an integral part of that. I mentioned to you I watched them a lot because they had a couple of pieces that I really liked. Example 1A would be Harrison Barnes at that point. So you could see the chemistry, you could see the ferocity, you could see the passion to win, you could see the playmaking ability at an early stage. Now he's at a stage in his career where potentially DeMarcus Cousins could be gone next year. Potentially Kevin Durant could be gone next year. Potentially Clay Thompson could be gone next year. So what I will say is next year will be a great test for your Draymond Green theory. And if Clay, Steph, and Draymond are there, I think they need Iguodala as well too. They maybe have. I think a, they could get another piece like that because I think Iguodala is probably going to get uh, old. I mean, or he's not going to get old. He is old now. The IQ and the knowledge of the game, and I do think he is going to retire because he's kind of already started. You know, some he's starting other to things. break down. Yeah, yeah, but not even starting to break down, dude. If you look at him, this dude is in shape, and he's like Vince Carter, where he still jumps out of the gym for oh, his. Oh, you're age. talking about how he's losing his mind by saying Curry's the the up there is all time player. Yeah, I. I did see that. Yeah, he is losing his mind. No, he, he I wouldn't say Curry is an all-time great player, but that's. He, a I'm pretty discussion. sure he said he's the best player of all time. Is what he said the other day. As a teammate, I love hearing him say that. Now it's like you said, I, I don't agree with that. Yeah, and um, I just think he's boosting. He's got his guys back. I mean, when Clay wasn't shooting that well, he was saying Clay was the best shooter in the league. Um, him and Curry were in that conversation. So that that's what a good teammate does. But anyways, back to my original thought. If they, I think they need Iguodala. I don't think there's a player who can replace him. I think offensively his jump shot is not as good as what some people's are. I think his free throw percentage is not very good at all. That's you know probably kind way of putting it. But what he brings to that team is a necessary piece. And then I think you know you've got a couple of young guys who they don't need to pay. They need to continue to develop. In Alfonso Mavkini, I think Quinn Cook, surprisingly enough, has played some good minutes this year. Yurebko has been a piece that they've been wanting for a while. I think they can lose him. I don't think they have to have him, but they need a stretch for. And then uh, Jordan Bell, the guy I mentioned earlier. And then obviously at the center position, you've got Kevon Looney, and then you've got their backup James from uh, – Vanderbilt, who we referenced before, who's going to be a great piece for them too. So they, they could still have be, Bogut too, which I think Bogut might have been on a one-year deal. And yeah. you know, Bogut came over from the Australian league, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he was done after this season. You know, for there, yeah. went back to the Australian league. But it's like I said, next year will be a great test for Draymond Green, and and that to me will be interesting to see how they do. Yeah. So, guys, that's pretty much all we got for today. Something like that. I know BJ looks like he's sleepwalking over here. Uh, well, I'm not walking, but I am sleeping. Yeah, he's sleeping over here. my good over friend here, Troy Walters would say. I'm sleep. Yeah. Shout out Troy Walters, too, by the way. Hopefully, Shout out. He, hopefully he listens to this one. Yeah, and hopefully he uh, brings some golf knowledge for me to help me win some money here yeah. in the future. You do that, you are dead to me, Troy. You do not give him any knowledge. I wasn't saying oh, for by the whole way, I was talking draft I'm glad you reminded me of that. Yeah. How I shouted out Joey last week, Joey Burby shouting me out now. Shout out Joey. Shout out Joey for giving us a beef beef name. What up? Saturday. Yeah. Smitty calls me, hits me up. Hey, bro, what are you doing? Shout out Smitty. Shout out Smitty. 16-ounce Smitty, we call him. 16-ounce, yes. That's a pound for all you people in the pen. 
Yep. He, uh, hey, that's hey, pretty good, man. Quick-witted, bro. Yeah. He says, hey, man, what are you doing? I was like, ah, I'm not doing too much. He's like, hey, you want to come over? I was like, yeah, I got to finish a couple things, a.k.a. putting the cereal bracket up. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Got to finish the, the priorities. priorities, bro. I feel Priorities. You. And then I'll be over. He's like, all right, cool. Sounds good. I gave him his, uh, got over there, gave him his koozie, which you guys need to buy. You need to buy the 30 ounce tumbler, which Correct. we have, we have few, very few left. Four left to be specific. So yeah. if you are listening to this, Eagle Street to be specific. Yeah. yeah. Potentially three because there was this guy out here earlier and he was like, yo, what is that? And I was like, yo, 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 that's that 30 ounce that, tumbler, bro. That, none of that happened. None of that story happened. That's not true at all. Well, but we did almost sell uh, another one. Yes. But. Long story short, we go to Captain's Quarters, and we had all kind of forgotten that the Preakness was Saturday. As I did. And we Intentionally. Were, <laughs> it's kind of, you know, it lost its luster since the Derby winner and the Derby winner didn't run because yeah. there was two Derby winners. Uh, so <laughs> Joey was like, yeah, I'm, oh, man, I got to bet on the Preakness because we're addicted to gambling. Not a boy, Joey. And... I was like, take war or will. He goes, really? In the one hole? I said, it should have won the Derby, but it had to pull up because of getting cut off. Yeah. And he's like, I'll, I'll take your word for it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not just going to tell him. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Yeah. So I throw twenty one, or I throw seven across the board for war of will. It was a war of will for you to do that, but I see I see you made the choice. Absolutely, bro. How that how Smack that, that dab 95. Bones. Boom. And that piece, dude. Give me some of that. Boom shakalaka. Give me some of that. That's yeah. what I'm talking about, dude. Yeah, no, I didn't bet the anything come on up. this. And I didn't win anything on this. I was cheering for the horse with no rider. That was so awesome, dude. Yeah. I wish it would have won. I, th- I like. I know I, it was great that War of Will won, but I was like, that'd be kind of dope if that other one won. Well, and I would have felt bad because they said specifically it wouldn't have counted, you know, because that's a violation of code and in the horse racing world. You know, obviously they've got all kinds of rules and regulations that we know nothing about. Correct. <laughs> See, I didn't hear that because they didn't. They had the sound on, but you couldn't really hear it. Yeah. So you couldn't really hear the commentators because everyone was like, "Well, what happened if that one crossed the line first? Would it have won?" And I was just like, "It would have won in my heart." That's all that matters. As American, we know the true winner, just as we know the true winner Absolutely. of the Derby. Absolutely. Yep. The real winner is whatever the whatever the horse track that the preakness was at so the kids today all learned that one of our bets in the future for the lock of the week will not be a horse racing event why is that because i'm too knowledgeable on it yeah clearly you've been studying and oh mr war of will oh he pulled up oh da, 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 da. everyone knew that they watched the derby his jockey was named was esteban gutierrez sargino i to your study, and I had no idea that's what his name that's was. Not, I just made that name up. Sargento is the type of the cheese, cheese I use. Yeah. Yeah. Sargento cheese. Yeah, I use that Parmesan. Parmesan, nice. Yep. But that's pretty much all we got, and I'm getting pretty tired now because it is kind of hot up here. I feel like I just ran a marathon. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's warm up here. I'm 21 su- miles. I'm sweating in spots I didn't even know I had. And I'm wearing shorts, too. That's what's crazy about it. Shorts. Tell them. Shorts and I might as well be got on leather shorts. I might as well be. Yeah, your shorts look like they're painted on. No, they're not paint. Well, 
They're Pony. Classic. If anybody remembers the Pony brand, shout out to Pony. No one remembers Pony brand that's alive. You're a softball player, bro, and you don't even remember Pony. I'm not, I wouldn't even consider myself a softball. I play softball. No, but I'd I'm say not, avid. I'm not good enough to be called a softball player. That's you play the first base that's for a team only... that's 12-1. and one. We haven't lost. So Ooh. quit it with the L's. Ooh. We have not lost. Shout out to D and Brock. And Parker for carrying that team while Beef's over there sitting don't, on first hey, base. Hey, don't, don't forget about Bree at second base. I'll shout out to all the girls, but I don't know any of their names. Yeah. So you're going to have to do that shout out. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm and not gonna shout, shout out, out for the entertainment last Thursday night at Roosters. That was fun. Yep. I was on fire, too, by the way. Yep. I was on fire. But and so was Parker because he got the uh, nuclear wings or whatever they he were. He got like five different sauces and didn't mean to. Like they gave him like remember like one sauce was a one wing was like a certain sauce and another one was a different sauce. That's or something what he like. said. I thought they yeah. were all the hot wings. He got medium, but he said like no, one he of them didn't get medium. He got what whatever the scale is at Roosters. He got the second hottest one. He told me. Yeah, but he said like one of them wasn't hot, and then another one was like kind of hot, and then the other one was like ridiculously hot. So the first one he ate was one of the ridiculously hot because I saw the look on his face like, oh man, I'm gonna pay I the price. Me- for I this messed later. up. Yeah. I'm paying the piper for this one. Yeah, which was but, hilarious because he was talking about he normally doesn't order that hot, but he, you know, on a whim he went with the heat. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. I I don't order hot anything. Not I, that hot for me. No, I want to enjoy the taste of my food. Right, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much it, guys. Yep. I love rumors. Facts can be so misleading where rumors, true or false, are often revealing. Absolutely. You guys stay cool. Beef out.